the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Unforgiven. Pop in your DVD or Blurry, press play, press pause. When the Warner Brothers logo fades to black, and in a second I'll say 3, 2, 1, unpause, at which point I'll press play, you'll press play, and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other comment here. It'll be like any other comment here. Except for four friends in your head! Well, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. I didn't want to forgive anyone. We're trying a new thing. My yeah. name is always is Teague Christie, and I'm sitting here with Brian Plaid Finifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman, Ghostbusters 2. Scott? Hey, no. This is the video game. Well, I guess that counts as <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. Yes, in the real world, that sh- this should have been the <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. Eh, hi. There was more of a nerve there than we thought. <laughs> okay. And Trey Mobile Infantry Stokes. Hi, how you doing? Speaking of So, Meyer. Unforgiven, we should actually let Trey start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. Just because you bastard is going to turn on me now, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> this is going to happen. You fucking bastard. <laughs> We're going to. You thought we would forgive you, Trey? <laughs> Kickass is going to be unmasked on Down in Front today. Uh, um, but uh, no, let's work our way up to. Shall him, we do it? Shall he's we the do one it? who yeah. has the most yeah. to say? Well, about it. Yeah. Uh, this was not a movie I would have. It would have been on my radar at all were it not for uh, Trey. Because every time for the first year he'd come to the door and be like, "Ding dong!" Open the door. He's like, "Constantine," and then he'd come in. <laughs> Uh, and then we did that yeah. again in year two. And then we finally did Constantine to shut him up. Yeah. <laughs> and then we did. And then this year it's been Unforgiven. Unforgiven. And he eventually he, he like basically like roofied us with the DVD. Like he put it in my hands and said, "You watch this and you give yeah. it to Brian." I, I tried putting it in other cases so you would accidentally <laughs> watch it. <laughs> and then uh, when I finally saw it, I like it. I like it just fine. Uh, I'm a big fan of. Th- it's the movie of people who were born at age sixty and stayed that way. Till oh, now, yeah. we were watching, and we were like, "Look at the this movie's Hackman, twenty years old. And they're so old." <laughs> Morgan <laughs> Freeman. Yeah. They all look the same then as they do now, and I'm assuming <laughs> they were born that way as well. Uh, the movie itself. And this is, movie was twenty years ago. Yeah, uh, this movie is a lot of fun. It's good. I don't have a lot of experience with westerns. I've seen the I've seen both True Grits, and I saw, oh, uh, what was that other one that I saw? I said I'd Shane. seen it. Shane. Yeah. I've mm. seen Shane. Oh, okay. Well, and I'm forgetting one more. Got a classic. I'm forgetting one more. Uh, but I'm, I'm not huge on Westerns, although I have at least one interesting thingy I, I want to talk about with regards to them. But this one's fine. Uh, so I, one of Trey's things, not to steal his Thunderbird, <laughs> uh, is that this is the... Excuse me. This is the cowboy and western movie for people who don't think they like those movies. And I, don't have, no, I have no opinion of those movies. So <laughs> it, it just sort of hits me like, yeah, that was good. And then that's all I've got. Uh, but do watch this episode of Down in Front. <laughs> do watch. <laughs> Brian? Uh, for me, um, I, I don't think I had seen this before. I've seen uh, several Westerns, uh, Tombstone. At one point, I very consciously tried to get into Westerns, and Eastwood in particular. Like, you want to be know, a manly man? I, wa- I want to be a man and a man's man, so I'm going to like Westerns. And so I tried to watch Good, Bad, and the Ugly. I did watch Good, Bad, and the Ugly, a few dollars more, a fistful of dollars. And it, just, it didn't hook. Uh, yeah, whatever it is, it just didn't hook. Um, you just weren't manly enough. Yeah, uh, I guess that is the, clearly must be the case. I I feel the same way about this movie as I do about The Godfather. I look and I this is I can see that this is a really really good movie. Like objectively, I can go, okay, this is a really really well done film. Objectively, I can see that, and I still it just doesn't do anything for me. You know, it doesn't hook in i can i can objectively from a film critic school whatever standpoint go yes this is amazing i still don't really care all that much but you liked moneyball awesome i love moneyball <laughs> i like moneyball, moneyball yeah. a lot amazing. that's about people doing math about baseball yeah, yeah. Dork talk man. about talk about hook <laughs> dork man very true uh, very true <laughs> yeah i didn't um the 
Western is a genre that I definitely didn't grow up in. I think the extent of it for me was Back to the Future 3 and Five Goes West. <laughs> that was my Western That's pretty much oh, it. Oh, I saw those two. Yeah. That was so there my, you go, two more Westerns you've seen. That was my Western upbringing. Uh, I did see... And some of Kill Bill. <laughs> yeah, right. some of yeah. Kill Bill. I did see some, West, uh, some Westerns like in, uh, in college, my boss at the computer store where I worked was big on like westerns John Wayne and stuff like that so I watched a couple of those and I really liked them I did really like uh, those movies although I couldn't I couldn't name specifically which John Wayne movies I have seen because I don't <laughs> remember what the titles There's were There's a lot of difference between a lot of them Yeah that's part of the part of the issue for me I I probably say that two things happened in the same movie where <laughs> yeah. they didn't actually that one where he rescues Kim Darby yeah. and Catherine Hepburn was I'm sure there. I'm sure I'll bring it uh, like there, there's a bit that that applies, and so I'll say a thing about, you know, a John Wayne movie, and someone in the chat will identify it because <laughs> yes. I can't off the top of my head. But I might, um, I might be able to help you. There. Yeah, I. Uh, so you're a big fan of westerns? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just all over it. Um, <laughs> I, I like westerns fine. Um, I feel like I I do want to see more westerns, um, especially the classic ones, spaghetti westerns and stuff like that. The stuff that that. The the stuff that that Eastwood is almost responding to here with with Unforgiven, yeah. um, I I'd, I'd like to see that and you and I can definitely see that the, the Unforgiven is is similar to, I I think what we're doing now with a lot of movies for the new Die Hard and stuff like that. It's like what happens when that character gets old and we visit him twenty years later. Sure, it's that movie, you know, um, but it's better than Die Hard certainly. Uh, live free or Die Hard rather. <laughs> yeah. um, it's better than that. But uh, yeah, I like it, and uh, hopefully we can we can find something to talk about it the whole time because it's because <laughs> it's it is one of those movies that um, while I uh, I think I appreciate it oh dear <laughs> I, think, I think I appreciate it mo- what I'm about to say is this going there's gonna be there's gonna be a riot because I think I actually personally appreciate this movie more than Godfather. Um, I'm okay with that. This is a movie that I would be more interested in watching again than I am <laughs> Godfather. Okay. I am with um, you on that. So, uh, oh God, this podcast sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, film so, snobs, we are not. Yeah. So it's, it's good. It, you know, I, I, I think it's a good movie, but are we going to fall into the trap of, yeah, this is really good? And <laughs> that's like all we have to say about it. So, uh, it looks see. like it was really hot that day. Yeah. <laughs> Trey, <laughs> you bastards. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Freaking bastards. No, forever. No, it's not that you don't like the movie because who cares? That's fine. You can have your opinion. But it's like, I, I said you should watch Unforgiven because people would always request Unforgiven. I said you should check out Unforgiven. Every single one of you said you had checked out Unforgiven. I said, I didn't. Okay. I don't think <laughs> I did either. Two of the, two of the three. I, think of I remember you saying you the did. Implica- but, yeah. Well, the implication was. Okay, if we put it on the list and let people vote of the last podcast we're going to do, are you okay with Unforgiven? You had all the veto power in the world, <laughs> and you still haven't even freaking seen the movie. And people I like it. voted it in. It's the second choice on the list after <laughs> fucking Dark Knight, and only now do you go, yeah, I don't really care for that movie that much. <laughs> this is the you are the Sarah Palins of movie commentary <laughs> podcasting. You are completely unqualified, and yet you put yourself up for the job. This is like I'm, sitting I outside the principal's con- office while someone else is getting yelled at. I love this. <laughs> I may have confused uh, this, it this with me. another Western. This concerns you too, sir. All right, fuck I, it. I, no, I, it I got something to say. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> and here I am. I've had one hour sleep because I wrote a freaking feature script last night, and you guys aren't going to say anything? Okay. Let's do this. Come on, chat room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's all about you today. <laughs> yeah, that's so, right. so we're going to be taking song requests. And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, well, let's find out. No, we'll, we got this. Yeah, all right, fine. You're at the point where the... Uh, are, do you, do you want to do more intro? <laughs> I, no. I, clearly, no, I should God, say everything start. I need to say. <laughs> so you're at the point where the Warner Brothers logo has faded to black like we are here. Put your finger on the button. Three, two, one, and pause.
I don't care for this movie myself either. I just want to make that clear. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, I saw this when you gave no, me the DVD. I, like I watched it. it, and then I watched it again last night. So I've, I've seen, seen this twice. Like. Now, what I love about this, though, is when we were watching it last night, <laughs> the first thing Dorkman went, oh, no. Oh, God. Well, no, it was when the... It was when the, well, you, the were just, you were just fresh from seeing Tree of Life. I right. can see no, why it's, you would it's, have it's that No, it's reaction. when the Star Wars crawl thing happens. Yeah, it's well, because like, we, were, we were like, okay, this might be a long, slow movie, so we're settling in for it. And then just text. Start scrolling <laughs> up the screen. I'm like, oh, Jesus. This movie's a book. <laughs> yeah. I like books, but wow. Um, this is... I, I do think this is really interesting because when you're first watching it, you're like, okay, what does this have to do with anything? And it like, the the it took me a little while to realize that this was his wife that he's constantly talking about. <laughs> this was him and his wife. I'm like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Um, and it it is also interesting how that comes up as like a Star Wars crawl. It's like, all right, this is everything you need to know to set it up. And then that doesn't, it doesn't actually affect the the rest of the. I mean, well, it, it, it affects what he's doing. Yeah, it makes clear his character, you don't, but it doesn't affect the plot. Right. You don't. Yeah. Well, you don't realize. I, I would. You don't realize I would say, the connection. Because I, yeah. I, I was I was with you. It, it took it was a ways into the movie before like oh wait yeah that that's the crawl okay yeah. he's he's the dude in the crawl. I would say I would say it does it does affect the movie, but you don't realize how much it's affected the movie until like halfway through when yeah. you make that connection. And you're like oh okay because his wife. And he was bad, which he says like eighty times. By the way, he says that a bunch of times. He's like, he's like, yeah, I don't, you know, I was, it was really bad. I used to drink, I used to kill, and blah blah. blah and my wife cured me of that. I don't do that anymore. I was like, he had better get fucking super drunk and kill a lot of people because they're setting it up so hard. Yeah. And to the movie's credit, that's yeah. exactly what he does. That's, that's so. what I mean. We're 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 burying the lead, but that's you know, if, if you're if you're into the movie at all, the moment when he just starts drinking, you go, oh shit, yeah. <laughs> here he goes, which is exactly what you're supposed to think um, right. yeah. it's well the the uh, the thing that I responded to this now you know, the backstory of course is it's it's we can always talk about the fact that the westerns have virtually disappeared from the public consciousness for the right. most part but not entirely well but yeah, I mean you're aware of them it's like well when I they grew don't up, make westerns anymore, when I grew though. up it was sort of, but but they do though because we just had True Grit we had 310 to Yuma before that yeah, we, we have Django they're, coming up they're five years apart yeah. but, well, but that's the thing it, yeah is they're, they're still there but they're like well, my, once every my, five years what I'm getting at is like when I was growing up half the shows on television were westerns right uh-huh. you know there was Star Trek there was Wawa West which was Star Trek in the old west um, there was Gunsmoke, there was, you know, Have Gun, Will Travel, there was, you know, every, there was Kung Fu, then they started, like, you know, spinning westerns into other genres, like, Kung Fu, he's a, he's a Chinaman who does Kung Fu in the West, how about that? Um, you so know. what you're saying is Firefly just came, like, 20 years too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Firefly, yeah, clearly, Western, oh god, the kid hates Western. It's just, it's a, it's, it's somebody, hopefully, has written a paper, because I'm really fascinated to know how the Western went from being the primary American movie, you know, the, the American movie is the Western, yeah. to Completely disappearing from from you know the consciousness. Do you How think, the Western was lost? Do you yes. think it had anything to do, uh, not not so much with the uh, with the culture, but do you think it had to do with Heaven's Gate? Not the not the no, cult. They the called themselves the, the movie. The no movie. One, yeah, but no one saw Heaven's Gate. Well, that's know. the point. Well, no, but do, do you think do you think it may have been that they made Heaven's Gate? No one went to see it, and they were like, "Oh, westerns are dead. We're going to stop making I, those I, now." I think that westerns were kind of already dying as a movie genre even then. Okay. Were, you, I mean, again, the, the heyday of the westerns like fifties, sixties, mm. as a movie genre, and into the into the seventies somewhat. But in the seventies, they were already sort of you know, backing away. Um, and uh, I yeah, if there's a comparison to be made, you, I would imagine it would be more with musicals as a yeah, sense. Exactly. Musicals, musicals also as used to be yeah. stock and trade. You know, so MGM yeah. didn't make anything else practically. Right. You know? And then, so so what I'm getting at though is, 
what what was at the time seeing this movie and and what I think you know and I'm not speaking for Clint Eastwood I'm just you know tr- pretending to um, <laughs> is that this this movie takes everything in a western and does it wrong in terms of like not doing what a western does right and and uh, I remember I was struck when I saw this movie when it came out 20 years ago a woman I was working with at the time. I saw the movie and I was like, that was so cool. I like that movie a lot. And I went back to work the next day and there was this woman that I was, you know, sitting next to every day at work. And, and I said, uh, we're talking about movies. And I said, hey, did you see Unforgiven? She goes, yes. <laughs> like, what, you didn't like it? No. Um, what's wrong with it? <clears throat> and she, she hated the ambiguity of it. Because when you go to a Western, the, you know, in the Western is the, the black hat, white the hat. The trope of the black hat and the white hat is the Western. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, well, this is like a postmodern Western. Exactly, that's exactly yeah. what a, this is. It's, that's what it's a postmodern Western, and it's a, it just takes everything that is in a standard classic Western, and does it differently. Um, for, starting right off with the the horror of the heart of gold. These horrors aren't nice. Yeah, <laughs> they're just horrors. <laughs> they're not evil, but they're not nice. They're whores. They're, yeah. They live in a rough town. It's a rough life, you know. And and uh, so every there's no character in here that isn't you know morally in the gray area. Um, and the only character we talk about this all the time in other movies, um, the only character that arcs is the Waco kid, uh-huh. yeah. who, who who takes one when he finally learns like this is what this world is like. If you want to be a gunslinger, this is the job. And he goes, uh, No, then yeah, then, I'm out. Then no, I don't want to do that. But what this movie is overall, you know, heavily consciously about, and one of the things I, that I find it most fascinating is the whole story is about the mythology of the West versus the reality of the West. Yeah, I see I that. Mean, I for mean, sure. it's like it's all. I mean, it's, and that's why it even starts with that little. Here's the sort of perception of who William Money was. This is what we know. Mm-hmm. He was. He was this guy. He was a man of crude temper. He he had a wife, huh. you know. But then you're like, no, he's a freaking pig farmer. He's got two kids. You know, it's like he's a real person. Right. He's not a story. He's a real person, and with all the flaws that come with that. And and then at the, the you know the payoff. Which the the payoff at the end is the other scroll that's like <laughs> no one really understood what she saw in him. Yeah. It's like well he was a person he wasn't and, the and thing no one, that and no one knows about. what happened and we heard he went west. Yeah, so, you know it's like yeah because he you know because he, he he set down a stake at a farm somewhere and nobody ever heard anything more. <laughs> that's, like, right. that's that's what happened. He's buried in some shallow grave somewhere. That, that's what happens after you ride off into the sunset. You find a farm yeah. and you separate pigs. But this yeah. this movie and and somehow or other you know. Cl- Eastwood seems to have used this because, of course, he was first famous for being in westerns, and yeah. you know, you used to absolutely really. I didn't know that. To this, to this day, you, well, <laughs> see, to this day, you still associate with this. Is the I'm last, trolling everybody. This is the last western he's done, and this is 20 years old. I mean, yeah. he he basically said so far goodbye to the genre with this movie. That's mm-hmm. what it was for. Yeah, yeah, and and in I wi- think you can tell in too, which he yeah. basically said all that stuff that we glamorize and mythologize about the west. Yeah, let's not do any of that in yeah. this movie. Um, and and that's and that's what I think is I, that's why I find it fascinating. And and again, if like you had to have probably, it probably would have helped to watch twenty years of like John Wayne and Gunsmoke. Yeah, I, someone, I think that's probably what's missing. A, yeah, to, yeah. to be able to really get like, holy shit, they're really they're really that, doing I mean, it all is, differently in this movie. This is a deconstruction of a, a, a genre that you grew up on that yeah. was already dead by the time we, right, yeah, yeah, we yeah, didn't really but, grow but up. But not on only it. that, but it's it's I think similar in a way to you know if you've grown up with today's sci-fi movies and then you see star wars you're not gonna hate star wars yeah but you're gonna I be like okay yeah. that's the same as everything else that i watch and it's right. like no no but that because because you watch this movie and this feels like a perfectly modern movie if you made yes. this movie now and released it you could put it right next to true grit and i would not bat an eye yeah. because it's this it's that kind of movie because yeah. you like horrors getting cut up <laughs> well who it, doesn't like that apparently one of the one of the early titles for this was the cut up whore killings the, the, the cut up whore killings yeah. was, the, was the working title of this 
I would like that more. <laughs> <laughs> not not so marketable though. Even yeah. Clint couldn't get that one past. That's, yeah. that's Tarantino's as as, name. As soon yeah. as I as soon yeah, as I heard is. that, as I was like, Mike, I see do you want to see Quentin Tarantino's upcoming film, The Cut Up Whore Killings? Sure. The Cut Whore Killings. I think it's called the Cut Whore Killings. So that Cut Whore is the. Oh, by the way, just for funsies. Brace yourselves, boys. No subtitles today. Yay. That's oh, all right. That's, we couldn't find the remote. No, we can. <laughs> so. I, I think we can generally remember most yeah, of yeah. what yeah, we're talking about. You know, the dialogue isn't, yeah, you can remember it. It's very, uh, and, and it's good. I, I will say it's good visual storytelling. You can yeah. kind of tell what's going on. We watched it two days ago, and we've only seen, what, four movies in the yeah. interim? Five <laughs> yeah. movies in the there interim? There wasn't a lot of talking in Tree of Life, though. So. <laughs> no. Or War Horse. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, <laughs> So th- this this reminded me of okay so here's the 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 bit that where yeah. I'm gonna name a John Wayne thing or not name it but everyone will know what I'm talking about who knows this stuff so one thing I really liked about whatever John Wayne movie it was it's the one where he's like shot in the back the back and he has like a piece of shrapnel next to his spine oh. for a while oh. Okay. Um, that's serenity <laughs> yeah really but uh, he's no, he got that, like he had that removed he's got like a piece of his a piece of a bullet next to his spine from like an early injury and okay. then later I'm, on I'm not it, placing it yet but later on it room. like twinges his spine and oh. there's a there's a point where he gets like a twinge he's just riding around he gets a twinge and he falls off his horse oh. and someone is pursuing him and comes up and they almost get into a shootout but then they don't because um, I, I guess it's I'm a, not familiar a friend or whatever and the guy comes up and he's like. You, what did you fall off your horse and John Wayne just goes yeah <laughs> and I was like that is amazing because yeah. like he he doesn't try to play it off or save his dignity or anything he's like yeah I fell off my fucking horse what do you think I'm doing down here yeah. I was like okay John Wayne is awesome and that's that's what this reminded me of with him rolling failing around to and, get on the horse well, several times failing to get on the horse rolling around with the pigs stuff like that it's like he's not a hero. You know, he's, he's, he's not a not cardboard the, cutout of a cowboy. Yeah, he's not the yeah. he's not the dude that like you know, he's not the Fonzie of the West where he just, he just hits. <laughs> okay, the, that just creeped me the fuck out. Yeah. I was about to say Fonzie of the yeah. West, and he okay, just, he just he That's just weird. You know, well, better than the wicked Fonzie of the East. Yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. He he bangs his fist on the fence and the yeah. pigs separate themselves. Hey. And he just, he anyway, just the, jumps up on the horse, <laughs> yeah. you know, without any trouble. The and, chat room is guessing. Hondo, Rio Bravo. Mm. I think it was Rio Bravo. Rio Bravo. I think it's Force Ten from Neverone. From Neverone, also a good movie. I'm I'm not sure about this. I, uh, well, maybe looking looking back at the way his character is supposed to be, because this guy's performance it's seemed weird. a little weird and over the top to me. But the fact that he's playing a guy who's right. trying to put forward this persona, I think that makes it he, work. He's the 13 year old that just made his first lightsaber and went out into the forest. <laughs> yeah, and he's like I'm a Jedi, and he's practicing he's, his scowl. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He's doing the. I think so too. Rare. I think he he does seem a little forced, but you know that's that's like you say that's that's what the character is. Um, he's portraying again. It's like that. Every every beat of this movie is all about the perception of a thing versus the reality of a thing, mm-hmm. and and so that's why I I buy into it that you know he's he's trying to be all tough, and we've all met people who like yeah. it might look like they're forgiven, yeah. but they're not. They're unforgiven. Now something I uh, he's got nice teeth for the West though. I yeah, gotta that's say. Right. This they're, occurred to me when I was watching it the other day with Brian and Mike. Uh, as something that we could at least talk about and at least talk our way through and see if there's any fucking life to this idea. But my idea was, what occurred to me was, perhaps uh, the same reason we like Westerns uh, is also the reason why we like pirate movies. Well, it's worth, we, it's, we don't like pirate it's movies. Worth, it's worth pointing out that pirate movies died about as much as yeah, Westerns pirate did movies until pirate Wars movies have died earlier well, than Westerns. The reason we like to watch a good pirate movie or a good movie about mercenaries in space, just mercenaries in general, 
I think what's cool about that, or at least the connective tissue between those and whether or not it's enough of one that this point makes sense, the, the, the connective tissue is we like seeing people who do not have to abide by the law making up their own moral way of getting through the world. And that's something you see in the two guys out in the middle of nowhere on horses, five guys out on a boat in the middle of nowhere, or people in space on a spaceship trying to sell goods. If you if you don't have a if you don't have a an overabundance of law or mandated morality, how do you justify your existence? And then I connected that further, perhaps disparately too, and that brings us back to that thing that a lot of religious folk will say about a lot of non-religious folk, which is, well, if you don't have written morals, how can you? be moral if you don't have the fear from the, the answer law. is westerns and pirate movies and space <laughs> movies it's movies where it's guys in the middle of nowhere making their own way with in the absence of help or morality and of course one of the one of the reasons pirates of the caribbean almost it, the, pirates of the caribbean i think one of the reasons it was successful it's almost like the unforgiven of pirate movies because it has wow. that because the, the whole thing is well we have our own laws and we have our own little thing and it makes this whole joke about oh the pirate code and stuff yeah. like that and it's like no that's Guidelines just an actual yeah rules. okay you read that in your penny dreadfuls but that's not how we roll yeah. <laughs> if we don't want to you know yeah. at anyway, the end of the day if we are going to kill you to take your money we're just going to fucking kill <laughs> yeah, you we're just, we are criminals technically <laughs> anyway but i think that's actually something that that if you, you could you could do a movie you could literally change the location of this movie consistently to water or space <laughs> and you still end up with that kind of movie sure and I think that's the appeal I think it's well, that I think I think so is... how are you gonna define yourself if you have absolutely all options I think well I think there is a, a like a libertarian fantasy component to the genres especially the western it's like here Just I me. am here I am mm. it's me there's nobody else for 10 miles and it's I'm either going to survive by my own wits and bootstraps or not Well I mean and and this especially the western is you know the american fairy tale that's the yeah, whole yeah. thing about uh, manifest like you destiny. said bo- manifest destiny pull up by your bootstraps we you know, share we, their spirit imagine the nads yeah we did this all by ourselves without you know, government interference, except for how they gave us all and the land. And only a little genocide. Yeah. But we really don't see that much anymore. Yeah, so we don't We don't we, see we, that much anymore because we finished. Just when it was necessary, we did yeah. that. Absolutely, Gregory Harbin in the chat room who asks, okay, Teague, question. Could you set this film in modern day New York? Is there a way you can make that story work? Yep. <laughs> yeah, except it's about serial killers. Yeah, serial killers uh, or the mafia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the Godfather. Yeah, yeah it's the Godfather. It's, it is exactly and you know the what? Yeah. Fucking Morgan Freeman would be in that too. Yeah. yeah. He would be Somerset in that movie. The thing that the thing- I was also speaking of the the lack of black and white. I was like, it's not even a thing. It's like the last time we saw them, he was like, "You better bring some fucking horses." And the next time we see him, they brought the horses. They brought horses. And, like- and, and the guy again, every everything is like, even when this guy who is essentially blameless, the third guy, didn't really participate. In I brought the, a really nice horse. He brought a nice one. He was just generally apologetic, and the horse messed that up because yeah. they're just pissed. It's like, you know, even even when someone's trying to do a good thing, you know, the guy's trying to do something okay. And he's like, it's, it's, she's like you brought a mangy horse? He's like, it's not mangy. And then she throws mud at it. Yeah. It's like, well, now it is. <laughs> well, yeah, now it's Francis. Not. Yeah, exactly. I, li- I, I, I like to think that, of uh, course, that is Francis Fisher, who uh, was also in Titanic. I like to think that that's Rose's grandmother. <laughs> and that's and that's Rose's mom's secret shame is that her mom was a whore and she you know then but then wow but then they got money but then her daughter married well she married well and she's yeah. been hiding the fact that she comes from this really this low whore town stock and, and, yeah that's great that's that's my whole this movie is the but, backstory for uh, mom Titanic. mom but she's and Titanic British, so would she would have had like her family would have come to America and then gone back no, to No, she's not British. That's a totally fake accent. She's totally faking it. See, she's pretending because she needs She, she married in a high society. The subtext is totally there. It's, all part, <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the conspiracy. This movie is subtext for Titanic. Just for, the, for, for a minor character in Titanic. By the way, the cut, the cut whore, 
She's fine. Yeah, that's <laughs> perfectly <laughs> pretty. Exactly. Well, you didn't see your boobies. He might. I, it yeah. looked like he was they doing did, some really did, violent shit to you her. You did mention that he he yeah cut up her her teeth. Well, except that he didn't. That's part of the thing. Is like even the mythology of what was done to her right. has already oh, yeah. started to he grow. He cut off her nose, cut off her ears. Yeah, exactly. So they, they they underplay it really nicely. But when they finally see her, they're like, oh well. It, that's yeah. not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we already agreed to kill those guys, so I guess it's on. I yeah. guess. Straight up, these days, if your face is cut up like that, you can pull that off. Yeah. You just have to start looking deliberately industrial. You just put some studs into it, and, and it's yeah. like... It's yeah, like you, you if you go it. a little gothy with it, then you look kind of like, ooh, what's going on over here with this lady? She's, <laughs> she's got some dedication there. Would you right like, now. if you do like Elizabeth <laughs> Slander at all, would you like her any less if, in all that, there was also some facial scarring? No, you'd still be into that <laughs> shit. You know it. Her father must have raped her in a clown suit. <laughs> her dad must have fucked her in a Garfield mask. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway. That's a anyway, Patton Oswalt line. Had, we were doing a little Patton Oswalt. I was paraphrasing, and then Teague did the correct one. I did the thingy. Um, but uh, they both work, but it's all right. Clint Eastwood. Um, Cra- craggy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I liked you in Gran Torino. Um, Clint Eastwood. That was when he was younger, mean, No, you didn't. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Wait, haven't seen will it. Clint Eastwood ever die? I don't think so. No. That's Dude, you jinxed gonna, it. Yeah, I, I, I no, like this I bit too. I where he's, I don't think jinxing works on Clint Eastwood. The, 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 you know, the whole thing with this character is, I'm Clint Eastwood. I'm the rootinest, tootinest badass, and then he can't hit for shit. He can't shoot. <laughs> yeah, he can't. He can't shoot. He can't get on his horse. Yeah. he can't. Yeah, do crap. Yeah, he's he's like Woody. And and it's a, I I imagine it was especially. Um, especially shocking because this is actually Clint Eastwood. It's not like it's not like Daniel Craig came into this and it's like, wow, he's an action guy who kind of undignified himself and that's cool. <laughs> it's like, no, this is the guy who did this shit <laughs> yeah. for like ten years straight in movies and now he can't do it and that's kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, they're like, he's, I got a shotgun because you can hit any. <laughs> yeah, you can't miss with a shotgun. It's like, <laughs> bah, gotcha. And the chat, I Jim says you can gauge his age by how high his pants are. He's like a tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. He's counting the rings on his pants there. I I haven't seen a tremendous amount of Clint Eastwood stuff. I've seen of several movies that he directed. I, I saw his recent stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've seen uh, Torino, A Million Dollar Baby, and Mystic River. He directed that, right? Or was that uh, was, or was that Kevin Bacon? I think no. I Sean, think Mystic River was him. Okay. Sean Penn's in it, but I don't think he directed okay. it. Anyway, that was uh, but uh, the only performances of his I've seen are like this and Gran Torino and Space Cowboys. I think that's yeah. all I've seen of him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a you know, the, you know, the, you know he did space a Western. Cowboys you know, the, the is big, a the brilliant big... deconstruction <laughs> of the space cowboy genre. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the uh, you know the the big Eastwood three. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, yeah. His his holy trinity of his, his holy, his his holy trinity work. of you know clearly uh, his greatest work. Antorino and this and space cowboys. <laughs> I really <laughs> like space cowboys. Screw you all. It's cool. Space cowboys. It's fun. It is fun, and they do they do enough homework to know what Skylab is, and for that, I will give them everything else. Yes, not exactly. Plus, I like Marsha Gay Harden. Eastwood's career, uh, Space Cowboys. That, that, that was that it was trading on his image, as it was trading on all those guys' yeah. images for, the, for that. Eastwood's movie. been trading on his image for twenty five years. <laughs> well, but then he he spent a lot of time building that image. Yeah, so he okay. subverts it every time in a different way. But he's, as yeah. we as we said, I mean, it's it's been pointed out, and we pointed out in another commentary. But um, you know, Eastwood has his career goes back to the fifties as an actor. You know, he started, he's one of the last surviving, still working relics of the studio system. He was one of those guys who was under contract to a studio. And we'll put you in a small movie. We'll put you in our B pictures. We'll move you up. You know, he's in like, 
He's like a he's in the movie like called I think it's called Tarantula. He's like a fighter pilot shooting at a giant bug. I, mean, I would watch know, that. He's, he's, he's been, I mean, he, <laughs> I was in a movie like that. He once. started ma- exactly. So he started <laughs> he started making the equivalent of asylum movies of that era, um, and then you worked his way up in the system. Um, then of course the system. I think he got fired. You know they let him go. Um, then he so he went to. Went off to Italy, and I'm, you know, of course, I'm paraphrasing his career in extremely broad strokes here. But he went off to Italy, reinvented the Western genre there with Sergio Leone. Suddenly, they came back to America as a star, um, and has been a star ever since. He's still freaking working. He's still working. He's been working for going on fifty years, and he's never like had to make a comeback because he's never gone away. <laughs> and in the chat, uh, Frank has an interesting point. He says he's actually two icons. He's Dirty Harry and the Man with No Name. Uh, and then he said, you know, who else owns two icons? And he suggested Stallone. I said Harrison, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, Harrison obviously. Ford, yeah. Is yeah. there, it, like, I, it's interesting to be the guy that's two. <laughs> yeah. Vin Diesel? No. <clears throat> no, dude. Vin dude. <laughs> oh, you shat on the rant. Yeah, wow. Way to bring it down. I can't think of any other ones, though. Like, he's, uh, Sam Jackson? No, not icons. What were you uh, thinking? I was thinking, like, Pulp Fiction, and then also... And then everything else that's also like Sam Jackson does. He was Shaft. Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Nick Fury. Yeah, oh, yeah, Nick oh, yeah. Fury's. A totally different character, iconic in its Downey. own way. Yeah. Downey Jr. Iron Man and Sherlock, if... No, fucking Sherlock, Sherlock is not an iconic, iconic Sherlock. character. He is not iconic. For, Sherlock is an iconic I guess character. The, 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 he is not iconic for being Oh, Sherlock. fucking Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Okay. Because we're talking about icons. Like, okay. Like okay. a character that's that. I'll give you Jack Sparrow. Jack Sparrow, Edward Scissorhands. Okay, uh, there you go. I'll, I'll 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 give you those. And but but does the qualification have to be you know an iconic character in more uh, than Frank one? Frank Oz, good thing? job, AP Christ. Because the man with no name and Dirty Harry are Two multiple genres. movies. Yeah. Han Solo, Indiana Jones, more than one movies. Right. So Edward Scissorhands is only one movie. Granted, Jack Sparrow is more than one. Well, then that's two. Then. That's two. That <laughs> that no, no, two. I'm saying no. Two movies in each. Jeff has two in each iconic role. No, that's it's no, no, no. We're no, just, just talking like about two iconic roles. Jack Sparrow. Yes, Jack Sparrow and Edward okay. Scissorhands. You know, that's an iconic character. It's about how have, many movies he was in. You know, but then don't Andy wonder and Han Solo and Deckard. I wonder how many. No, I, I mean, I wonder how many people. Okay, uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands is more of a Deckard as, I was level. Like I, said, I was going to give you Edward Scissorhands. I don't think I wouldn't say like you know any other Dev character comes to mind as being iconic. Hunter S. Thompson. See, His no. Hunter S. Thompson no, is the correct one. No, that's, Hunter that's, S. Thompson is the iconic. Hunter S. Thompson is iconic. Johnny Depp as as Hunter S. Thompson. No one ever saw Ed Wood, uh, but again, Ed, that's Ed, Ed Wood, Wood yeah, being it's iconic. all underground. Yeah, um, Edward Scissorhands has that hot topic though. Yeah, I know. They're who saying that, maybe I know Brando, who that guy is. maybe uh, Brando, Frank, Frank Oz, Brando, Frank. Yeah, no, nobody knows who Frank Oz is. Arnold um, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger, yeah. Okay, Term- Terminator okay. and Conan. Terminator Conan. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I'll give him that. Ian McKellen. Gandalf yes. and Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If, time yeah, will yeah. tell if Magneto's iconic. Well, in that case, Patrick Stewart for Picard and uh, yeah. Professor X. Same, same there. Guest. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's just a guest. Guest is uh, Shatner. Uh, Captain Kirk and Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I may have to give you that one, too. Uh, speaking, TJ Hooker, yeah. Speaking of TJ I, knows it's cooking. Speaking of icons, uh, whether or not he's, he awesome. qualifies, uh, Gene freaking Hatman on the screen. Oh, yeah. Represent everyone. Um, I'm surprised Gene Hackman didn't get more because he... For, okay, first of all, how has there never been a John Wayne biopic with Gene Hackman starring? <laughs> right, but true enough. Too late now. Uh, yeah, I just want to see him and Robert Loggia get together and uh, at each other, <laughs> play brothers. Uh, and this guy looks like Stanley Tucci and Steve Jobs got together, and, <laughs> and a little bit yeah. of uh, Daniel Day Lewis as yeah. well. I was gonna say just like he's got like a yeah. Doug Jones feeling to him. Yeah, wow. he also looks a little bit like so it's uh, like an orgy. Daisy Duke. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a really really weird orgy that came <laughs> up with the guy who played the bartender. And 
unforgettable. I'm especially <laughs> I'm especially fascinated by the by Hackman's character uh, in this movie because you know he's. Uh, in, a, in, a, in an interview with Eastwood, and Eastwood, by the way, is a director, and I'm, I'm always amazed by directors who also are actors in their own movies. Yeah, and, we were talking do about it well, how crazy And that do it is. well, and he does it repeatedly. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of interesting stories about him, and, and one of the things that people say about it over and over again that's worth thinking about is he, he's extremely fast. His movies almost always come in ahead of schedule and under budget because he'll, he'll often do only one take. Um, <laughs> he'll literally do one take. He had famously clashed with Kevin Costner when uh, he directed Kevin Costner in A Perfect World because Costner had just done, you know, his movies as a director and he likes to do lots of takes. And Eastwood said, you know, okay, go, Kevin. And great, we got it. We're moving on. And Kevin's like, no, no. And Eastwood is, yeah, yeah, we're moving on. Mm -hmm. I got it. And then apparently there was some serious friction because Costner was like, but no, I... I don't do just one take. I have to, you know, he's was like, no, it, wouldn't it be what you did's fine. Wouldn't it be at least within, you know, it, it would not be unorthodox for a director and all of the actors to sit down and just have a open conversation before they're under pressure and shooting. All right. How does everybody like to work? Often they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Everyone's going to have in the smart world. They will do that to it, in yeah. one way or another. Yeah. Or, so, or, or, or tensions some, are low. Some directors will do that in lieu of rehearsing. It's yeah. more like we don't want to rehearse the movie. Right. We just want to like get to know each other as people. Or, or it happens as part of the rehearsal process. Because yeah. there's, fa I mean, there, you know, there's some actors who do their best work like immediately, and there's some who need to warm yeah. up to it. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, we'll shoot your shit first yeah, exactly. while the other guy's warming you'll up. Be, you'll be in the wide, and we'll work to your close. Yeah. Exactly. And that's and that's a whole that's a whole art to directing that. Uh, you know, but uh, but Eastwood famously just like nope, boom, got it, moving on. Um, and and actors who've worked with him and and, Hack and Hackman has worked with him repeatedly um, is totally cool with that because yeah. they're just you know they knew what they do and it's like I, and so literally it's like go Gene, blam, thank you, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like Hackman just does it and there it is. That man um, ain't no hack. Yeah, yeah. and the um, and the, the Eastwood quote about Hackman was um, he. He, he's such a great actor because he has nothing to prove, which I think is a really interesting insight. Oh, yeah. very nice. Um, that's, that's what makes a good director, and, too. And, a, and another person has said of, of Hackman uh, that Hackman's interesting because he doesn't care if you like him as, mm. a, as characters. He's like, this, the character is who he is, which seems to also represent who Hackman is. Hackman seems <laughs> like, yeah, fuck it. I'm Gene Hackman. What do you want from me? Mm -hmm. um, he's not trying to please. He's just trying to be, you know, and, and his characters come across that way, too. And I think the character of Little Bill... This 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 sheriff is to me is is I'm I'm kind of the most fascinated by by him in this movie as a character, because he's, you know he's he's so right in the gray zone where he's like well he he keeps the peace and yeah. it's a hard job, but he's a psycho yeah he's, but but don't you have to be a psycho to keep <laughs> the peace in this world he's clearly like. At, at a certain level like the very first time we see him he has the save the cat thing where he's like. Eh, fuck it, just bring some horses and it's fine. Yeah. But, but then, then he later like, with uh, with Dumbledore, yeah, with <laughs> later with Dumbledore, he totally unprovoked just beats the shit out yeah. of him because he's already met him and he hates him. Yeah. He, already has, he has he has a, a history with him and he just hates the guy. Yeah, but uh, but then there's the the parallel thing where he like he does, you know, he does say, well, you know, I, I'm not gonna whip them to death because they didn't kill anybody. Yeah, but at the same time, he's not like you know. He's going, yeah, but you're just horrors, so it's not like I'm that concerned about you either. Right. Um, you know, he's, he's he, talking about having a moral code. You kind of, So that's your moral code. Well, what if I don't agree with it? Well, screw it. You're, you're, I'm the sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> it's my moral code, and I run the town. So there and you go. there's, you know, there's also the bit where, as a character, he doesn't have anything to prove. I mean, he's, he, there's the whole bit where he's talking to this biographer and not 
you know, not embe- I, as far as we know, yeah, probably not embellishing it. Telling at all. the real story, yeah, yeah because, he, well, because he's setting the record straight. He's like, he he's a fucker, and he <laughs> yeah. he sugarcoated the whole thing. But there's, <laughs> but but even with with it, within his own story, you see the opportunities where he could right. embellish it, and he's like, "So you killed him, right?" And he's like, "No, I should have though." You know, <laughs> like little moments like that. So, so I, I anyway, I, it makes I, you trust him, but he's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. You kind of know what you're dealing with, but uh, did we we sort of did we cover that Eastwood as director. I mean, he's 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 Eastwood has just become this amazing director. Whereas we've said in, in recent commentaries, it's like you don't necessarily love every movie he's made, but you look at every movie he's made and you go, well, he knows how to direct a movie. Yeah, I and mean, he's just he's just one of those guys that he's good at it. And it's now it's just a matter of do you like the movie he made or not because you yeah. can't go he doesn't he he doesn't know what he's doing he's a hack he couldn't direct his yeah. movie. no he can direct you under the table whoever you are <laughs> and it's all a matter of he, you know this is the movie he wanted to make and you either liked the movie or you didn't yeah I find I find that I often don't particularly I like this one but I often don't particularly like Clint Eastwood movies did you like Million Dollar Baby like no. Um, but <laughs> wow, that, that was like a Pavlovian response. Yeah, no, <laughs> but like I think you, I saw uh, your knee go up there. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but like you say, I can't, I can't be like, well, that movie sucked. I was like, no, that was a good, well-made <laughs> yeah. movie. I just didn't like it. Yeah. So now this um, is a, a handsomely photographed movie. Are we in agreement there? Well, uh, I think it looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I think we're. Uh, it, yeah, it is yes. Jack, yes. Green. Yes. Jack Green. Jack Green. You know what else he shot? Yeah, go on. Serenity. Yeah. Yep. Funny yeah. how that seems to you know. Westerns in this <laughs> yeah. movie has a, a way way less blue and and, and yellow and purple. And well, this is and green. This is, this and is cyan. This is certainly actually a very orange tinted movie. If we if you really the want median to blur it. on this movie would be kind of a warmy uh, orange I would, brown. I would say that yeah certainly. But but this was also before you could take it into the computer and be like crank and just yeah. you know that yeah. was kind of cyan. So now we'll make it just <laughs> roar. Yeah. You know, Jack Reed actually made it made the film do this. Yes, exactly. <laughs> It's nuts. That just happened yeah. right in front of it. God, that's what cinematographers used to do. I'm not sure what they do now, but that's what they used to do. You could literally put this out now, and nobody would even go, Eastwood looks a little younger, doesn't Yeah, it? did they put on some makeup? <laughs> Seriously. They get Look Lola at Morgan or Freeman. Yeah. Morgan Freeman has not It looks like he just walked off the set of Dark Knight. <laughs> if, more, if I ever, okay, Morgan Freeman, did he start late, late. in life? He started yeah. late? Okay. That's so, so there's no, like, we're never going to... S- no. See an old movie that you didn't know it was in. Yeah, like the first, that's twenty year old Morgan. The first Freeman thing you need, you, the, the earliest work is is Electric Company. Okay, him on Electric Company when he was Easy Reader on Electric Company. But there's not going to be any like you, you know oatmeal commercial from when he was nineteen. Right. No, and I don't the, think and, there is. And no, uh, like, his first movie was Brubaker. What was what was the it's movie where what was the movie where Sam Jackson was in it? But like before he was <laughs> Sam Jackson, no, no, Park? early Jackson. on, early on, no, even before that, it was a it was a crime movie. I can't. Was he in Oh Goodfellas? He's was, in wasn't he? Oh, that's he, right. He, he has is. like a, a very is. small role in Goodfellas, I and it's that's like, true. wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's in like his late thirties, early forties at that point, right? He's pretty. He was young, yeah. comparatively. Yeah. Well, yeah, but he's another one of those guys. Not as he, he, did he didn't start get late, in, though. He didn't get in as late as Morgan Freeman, at least really. He didn't blow up as late as Morgan Freeman, uh, but he's another one where it's like, <laughs> fucking. And the other, there's another one I just <laughs> read about. Uh, who was it? Who just? Oh, Alan Rickman. Yeah, got into it kind of late too. Yeah, I mean, he came from stage. He was, yeah, yeah but he was thirties or something by Die Hard. Yeah, he right? was a graphic designer for like I'm, fifteen I'm, years I'm before I, he's like, I'm gonna act. I posted, my God, I know I, I posted this in the forum, but uh, no, it, if you want, it was on, it was on YouTube. Surely it probably is. It used to be on a kid show called Electric Company. It used to be a companion show to, the, to Sesame Street back in the early days. Um, Electric Company actually had the rights to do Spider Man. They would do Spider Man vi- videos. Um, there's a clip on YouTube of Spider Man versus Morgan Freeman as Dracula. 
Whoa. Yeah. Blew your mind just now, didn't I? <laughs> My mind's been blown yeah. a long time. You have not lived until you've seen Superman fight Morgan Freeman Dracula. <laughs> and I will never live. I think it's in YouTube. I like hey, look, I like choo-choo. I'm pretty sure that's the same damn train from Back to the Future, because there can't be that many trains <laughs> like that around yeah. anymore. It's got to be. you got to go to that same ranch and shoot those same trains. Where do those... Well, yeah, there's only... He was so there's... sad the way he made that broke that poor girl's heart. Was he a little puppy dog man? There are several old west, you know, little towns that serve as yeah, mini backlots. But there's not that many. Yeah, there's, no. what, half a dozen, if that? Yeah, there's... there's. Uh... I don't know. I've only been to seven. <laughs> <laughs> there's Well, there's Melody Ranch, I know. And then there's the Paramounts, I think it is, in... Out somewhere near. Although Virginia. you know it's still Melody around. Melody Ranch is the one I know. You know best. it's still around. Utah, <laughs> that still works. Utah is yeah. Utah is still getting work. A big backlot, yeah. Apparently. So yeah. So now we have Dumbledore, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. uh, to be honest, I'd never. He I know he was in Gladiator, but he's still kind of on his way out at that point. So this is the first time I've really seen him. <laughs> yes, again. It's like here you go. Where I go? Oh fuck! It's Richard Harris. You're like, oh, there's that guy before he was Dumbledore. Yeah, but but I actually seeing but him did, like it didn't even I didn't even make the connection at all until I looked at IMDb. Uh, I was like, oh, that was Richard Harris. That's Dumbledore. Right. But seeing him yeah. like perform and not look like he's tired and hates being there <laughs> and like dying that's new for literally me. dying yeah. before your eyes uh that i hadn't seen him perform like that before so he's he's good in this and then of course we've got mr bochamp from warehouse 13 mm-hmm. who also doesn't look much older than he does <laughs> yeah so, something magical about this movie this movie is like a a, a whole a whole time capsule for people it's, it's all crazy right. But what he's talking about It's right the guy now. from that episode of the next generation that's amazing yes. yeah. right uh, like right now on uh on my Audible account, I've been listening to The Three Musketeers, and the the monarchism in The Three Musketeers is so heavy it makes me uncomfortable. Like, just the way they treat royalty, and they're all about it, and, like, the king, and, like, the, the queen looked at him, and it was the greatest thing that ever happened in his life, and he was ready to kill, like, 20 people just because she did that, bestowed that favor on him, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's weird. I'm really glad we don't <laughs> we don't have that anymore. And that's what it reminds me of with Richard Harris being like, oh, with kings, you know, you blah, blah, blah. Nobody would dare who to is, shoot a king. Who is yeah. the person in your life that you are you would be in the most awe of? Probably a celebrity or someone? Maybe a celebrity. Carl I'd have Sagan. to think about it. But Sagan. Oh, Sagan. If yeah. Sagan walked in right well, now. Well, yeah, because he'd be and coming he back from the you. dead. Yeah. I'd be yeah. First of all, I'd be like, okay. <laughs> first of all, walk. I need extraordinary <laughs> evidence for this. <laughs> yeah, right, no, no. But if, if Sagan walks in, in your little mental journal, don't you go, he looked at me! <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There you go. That's true. Monarchism. No, but but there's not the... But, but see, the thing is... I would be really excited about it, but if you were like a king in a, a in a monarchist society, I'd be able to go up to someone and be like, "Carl Sagan just looked at me," and they would be like, "Oh shit, here you are, sir, come in here." And, you know, that's how that worked. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the comparison is like, yes, if Obama came to to fundraise here, and you're like, oh, "Fuck, that's Obama!" Shit, like I sh- I've shaken Obama's hand. I went to a rally. I got there yeah. early. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, right before the election, I went to a ra- I got there super fucking early, and I guess so I was right up front, and then he did the rope line thing, and I shook his hand. Did he keep it cool? He, oh no, he was so fucking done with campaigning. You could tell. <laughs> you, could, you could tell. So he didn't <laughs> he keep so it cool. Um, but you know, but so I can say that now. Yeah, I fucking shook Obama's hand. That's cool, right? And then we go on with the rest of our day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I don't get into a special club also, for it. The, the whole monarchy. <laughs> that's that's the difference. Talk about talk about being raised in a different culture. I mean, the whole monarchy thing. Amer- we Americans are so conditioned to go. Yeah, well, we got rid of that shit a long time ago. You know, it's like what. You're the king because your dad was king? 
<laughs> that's how you got the job? Yeah. That's so not the American way of thinking. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're inclined to be the opposite. We're inclined to be like, no, in America, you be your own king. You make yourself king. You, you rise up and you, you know. Like, we would oh. never, ever, ever elect like a president because his dad was president. That'd exactly. No, we would never, ever do that. Because we're Americans. <laughs> we're Americans. Yeah, but to be fair, we've only done it twice. Yeah, exactly. And to be fair, you saw how that worked out. <laughs> so the first one went okay. Yeah, the first well, time went okay. Were Adams and Quincy Adams related? Yeah, father yes. and son. Father and son. And then also the Roosevelts. No, they were no. cousins. They were cousins. Oh darn. Yeah. Really? Say there's would... three. Okay. Yeah, if there were three, they'd be like, dude. Oh. Do we do that all the time? But yeah. still, they had to be elected. It wasn't just like, oh, you're 35 now. Well, <laughs> yeah. right this you're way. 35. So. You're in charge of the country. Yeah. Just wait, you guys. Fucking Chad Polk is going to win in twenty. Which is well, as 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 we've as I know we mentioned at some point, Chad rather, K. it's Polk. like the actually the best the best government in terms of just getting shit done is a monarchy. But the king has to be cool. Uh huh. <laughs> if the king's insane, you're in for a bad fifty years. Yeah, and, yeah, and and then history tends towards the <laughs> king being insane as exactly. time goes on. Exactly. It's like yeah, well, no, he was great, but his son, oh fuck me, his son was a problem. Well, the the guy who has to work to get there. He's going to have his shit together. Yeah. Bush didn't really have to work his <laughs> no. way to get there, and he sucks. But and, but uh, let's also be fair. You know, I almost thought maybe you were being sarcastic, being like, that's not the American way. We don't give you just because cause I'm like, in business, that shit happens all the <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. And those are the. No, no, the no I'm, I'm talking about in terms of people we admire and say are our leaders. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like we're, you know, we, we, our whole, our whole mythology of ourselves is we fought a war to not be doing that. Anymore. Yeah, it's a it's a ties into the general libertarian fantasy of this. It's the bootstrap kind of idea. Like, yeah. no, I'm fucking doing it myself. Yeah, I'm not just gonna have it handed to me. That's right. And I'm gonna make my own rules. I'm gonna yeah. go where no one else is. I'm gonna make my own rules, my own town. I will wear pants that have never been worn before <laughs> every day. That's right. <laughs> I'm gonna have one arm, and I'm still gonna load a gun. I'm fascinated by this weird little detail that the guy has one arm. I think that's yeah. always exciting. Anyway, but uh, the whole idea of Richard Harris, and, and we brought in Mr. Beauchamp now, who who absolutely underscores the what I think is the thematic idea of the movie, is you know Mr. Beauchamp is actively trying to create myths yeah. Yeah. as he goes. But he believes um, them. He, do, he does believe yeah. them. And, he's, and he's believes his own, he believes what he's writing, and, and yeah. he believes the, the bullshit that English Bob has been telling him. Which and, I think is a, the really important point. <laughs> it's... Because the problem is never, you know, the liar who knows he's lying. Like, that's never the real issue. It's the liar who believes his own lie that you really have to watch <laughs> out for. Because he's the one that will fuck everything up. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 like the, I like the way it's shaded where Richard Harris can, can get away with anything based on his name and the myth that's around him until he runs into someone who actually knows him. Who knows the real story? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, so so you know, little Bill is able to bring him down instantly just by look by showing up. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, we'll hey, see, English Bob. We'll see in the behavior I, of I all of these guys. Little grin on his face, like, <laughs> hi, English Bob. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh shit. And these guys, all of these guys right here, are ready to shit their pants through the whole scene because yeah. they, they English Bob. The oh my God, we're doomed. Yeah. And this one guy is telling the truth. It's like English Bob is nothing compared to little Bill. Yeah, <laughs> little Bill is not scared. <laughs> yeah, little Bill is you, you, little Bill is like a. And, and that's the the you know the progression of the movie is like little Bill is like clearly the the biggest stick in town, but then William Money hasn't come in yet, uh-huh. you know. And and then but even then, one other things, one of the other things I, I think is so I think is so great about the movie and mileage may vary, is that the movie refuses to glamorize any of this, you know. The movie even 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 at the end when Beauchamp is like trying to like you know yeah but in a, um, Eastwood's character is like he's there's no nobility to him really to what he does. 
He's literally a guy who's good at killing people and has been lucky, and that's why he's still alive. And that's what the movie's saying. It's like, that's how you become the old gunslinger. Right. It's not because you had a moral code. It's not because you were, you know, the, the necessarily the fastest or the best. It's like you, you were good enough and you didn't get a bad break. That's yeah. how you become the old gunslinger. Which is underscored at the end when uh, Beauchamp is asking him, so you picked out the order of which guys to shoot first, right? So how did that work? And he's like, well, I, I got lucky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, Money himself knows that he's no, you know, he's nothing special. He's like, well, you know, I, I drink, I shoot people. I haven't been killed doing it yet. Yeah. That's it. There's no, oh, there's nothing else to hit the way he sees himself. And I guess that that ties in, actually, all the the... You know, all the stuff English Bob is babbling about is is also thematic because it's like we, we talked about. It. It's like there's no such thing as, you know, kings in America um, by our Constitution. Um, but but also for now, you know, yeah, metaphorically, it's like there's there there is no royalty. There's no, you know, that because the mythology of the gunslinger is that, you know, they're the kings of what they do, essentially. And yeah. blah, blah, blah. it's like, no. It's not like that. He didn't pass it on to anyone. You know, his kids aren't like that. Right. Yeah, here's know. here's this other guy coming along ready to be his surrogate son. They're ready to be his heir or parent or whatever. And he goes, no, this is not what it's like. And you're not going to be me because I'm not what you think I am. And at the end, the guy's like, yeah, I don't actually want any yeah. of this. I'm not, I don't want anything to do with it. Now this. that I've seen what you are, I don't want to be yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, and again, we, we'll get to it, but uh, the way the movie makes it so clear i mean it, it, this there's a certain kind of brutality that's about to come up yeah. here but the you know the fact of like yeah, and then when he shot those guys down it's like it's brutal and agonizing and they screw it up and it takes forever and the guy won't die it's like yeah. welcome to the real goddamn world of being a gunslinger this is what it is you lay in the rocks and when he goes to the toilet you try and shoot him <laughs> that's how glamorous is that like john travolta in pulp fiction write like... me that story mr beauchamp and make it yeah. sound good yeah, it's a, and the 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 idea of and and again, I think this movie would work today because it's also it's also a response to movies that still exist, you know, action yeah. movies and stuff yeah. like that. There's always at the end, there's the hero who goes on this rampage, you know, he's he kills all the henchmen yeah. and and then has a fight with the you know at the okay. boss level. But it's like, but the, this is the movie that's like, yeah, but those henchmen are are people. Like was, like yeah. you did with the injured stormtrooper, it's yeah, totally yeah, like yeah. that. It's like, what if you actually had to wait for that guy to die right. and listen to him cry for his mother <laughs> yeah. until you could move on? I should have had him cry for his mother. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> do it as much. That's it. I'm making dude, I was too. the unforgiven stormtrooper. Dude, I was, I was. That's the part because because I went ranting on on Twitter a little while ago about how horrible Pinocchio is because of the <laughs> because of that. because of Lampwick when he turns into a donkey. And, and I that's had the most horrifying I thing ever. Thought of that scene in years, and you refresh my. And you're right. That I, I, visceral terror. And the, and the worst. Terror. And the the part about it for me that makes it worse is is the last thing he does is call for his mother. Yes, that's the part of it that makes it horrifying yeah. to me. So. Anyway, I hope I just fucked a bunch of other people <laughs> up so you could be in my place no, I think, I think there's, with me. Um, there's a good point here to be made. That goes back to the, the William Goldman quote and the, the distinction between you know, the Hollywood movie, the mainstream movie, and the indie movie. The, you know, the Hollywood movie tells you the comforting lie or you know, the fantasy that you would like to believe. You mm -hmm. know, Hollywood is about telling you this, the fantasy that you would like to believe that's not actually true. But a real movie or a real art, quote unquote, should be about telling you a, a truth that may be uncomfortable but that you, you should know. Mm -hmm as a human being anyway and most movies because they're they need to make their money back are and fantasy is more profitable than uncomfortable truths 
most Hollywood movies are going to tell you the comforting fantasy about, yeah, you're if you were a gunslinger, you'd be the best gunslinger there'd be. You, you would take on the boss guy, and you would totally win because you're awesome. And, and it's it, okay to do that, too. it's okay to do it. if you're yeah. doing it for a good reason, it's yeah. okay to kill 50,000 guys. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's totally cool. And, but they knew what they were doing. Yeah. They but, were bad people and didn't and don't have faces or names. They're, they're not <laughs> entitled right. to the same things that you are because whatever you want, you are entitled to it. But the reality <laughs> of it is, no, you're not. And that, this is a great deconstruction of that going, the, the actual guy who was that for 20 <laughs> years is now going to be the uncomfortable truth of that <laughs> fantasy that yeah. you bought into. We we were talking earlier about the f- the fact that uh, you know westerns were huge in the in the fifties and sixties and then kind of disappeared. Do you think maybe um, historically and culturally Probably because not. we've talked about things that I would that say forty to fifty percent. Hey, dude, <laughs> I didn't even see you over there. No, the no. Uh, the well. If if you look at what was going on, and and I remember reading in I think Joseph Campbell's um, uh, one of one of his books, he basically said for a while, and it, it may be changed now, but he's like for a while in Germany, the hero's journey didn't apply because after what happened in, in the forties, <laughs> they were like, yeah, how about we don't follow the guy who <laughs> thinks he's brought back the elixir from the magical place because that's gonna yeah. that's gonna really that's that fucked our shit pretty hard. So and same in America, we didn't do you know heroic movies for in. In the Vietnam era. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Do you th- do you th- do you think Star, there's War- a- Star Wars was the oh my god he went back to good and evil and the the black the bad guy literally has a black hat that yeah. covers his whole face. So, you think- so you're saying maybe the westerns the maybe western the- genre died because of Vietnam because, or because of, of that because of the shift. Vietnam era and be- because of the idea of there are no heroes there is no black and white right it's ugly it's scary and and we and just- you're just a guy and yeah. then he's just a guy too and I can't sit back and watch this and pretend I believe this anymore. Yeah. That, that, you know? that, I'm like I said there's probably a, somebody's probably written a great book about this somewhere mm-hmm. um, I just don't know of it but uh, we should find that guy the, uh, but the, hitting but, him with a hat at the end there is very low because <laughs> he's I beating that. the shit out of yeah, Dumbledore just like, right that's, now. now he's just like spanking him like yeah make you tell your I mom spent, about it by the way real quick I spent this entire time since you said Dumbledore I was like fucking no he's not, not there's no Dumbledore in this movie and now I can tell <laughs> kind of that's Richard Harris yeah. kind of he looks like well, George he's Carlin. Moving. That's, yeah, that's yeah, really, and, and you can actually see his face. But you can see his face, and his eyes are that's, open. That's and what his eyebrows move. That's yeah. what Richard Harris looks like. In Dumbledore, he's a mannequin. But yeah. uh, that's the mirror. Anyway, it was yeah. So uh, the but that was part. Of, a lot of people. Have, it's been pointed out that that Vietnam was the first televised war. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we literally saw like, wow, that's messed up. You know, that's this not stupid. That's not John Wayne riding to the rescue. Yeah, ha. You know, World War Two. That's like an Oliver Stone movie or something. Yeah. when those become a thing, when, when in the future, when when Oliver Stone comes back from that and starts <laughs> making movies about it. Uh, but the that yeah that idea of of you know this and the whole you know the John Wayne became a negative term. You know, it's like oh you're totally being a John Wayne on that one. Yeah, he's having a whole John Wayne trip. He's on um, it the, the cowboy motif that that certainly was part of it. Like I said, I, I think it would be interesting to really see a breakdown of, of the progression of that. But the whole when John Wayne, you know, John Wayne lived long enough to see him see himself become portrayed as a negative thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, oh yeah, oh, he totally John Wayne. We're trying to, you know, yeah. John Wayne. Now. John oh, Wayne. we got a cowboy. Uh, yeah, a fucking our, fucking bunch of yeah. cowboys thinking they're going to go in and take a whole yeah. country. Um, you and know, you know, I, you could probably make an argument. I would imagine that Vietnam is also probably the reason that the musical genre died out. <laughs> I can do it. Wait, go on. Try, try. Go, go on. Ahead. Okay. 
<laughs> and monarchy. Uh, okay, no, no. And libertarianism. Yes. With, but you know, entitlements. And once Judy Garland went to Vietnam, it was over. <laughs> How do you write a musical about war? Fuck, Miss Saigon. Saigon, I was going to say. Had to do it twenty years later. Had to wait, Miss. Uh, it's not really a war, but yeah. well, that's uh, that's oh hairspray. But. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, there you no, go. I can't, I can't do it. If you gave me half an hour in a Red Bull, I could probably give you like a blurb of like that almost holds water. Yeah. Blop. <laughs> well, it's it, it's like you were saying before. It's it's you know the the way to like sort of take a genre that's dead is to take is to make it a different genre, invert it. Yeah, and people like you know you know I hate westerns. Oh, did you like you know Star Wars? Oh yeah, Star Wars is awesome. It's a western. <laughs> they just took out the horses. Did you like <laughs> Master and Commander? Yeah, it's. Western on the water. Yeah, Western on the water. It's just some dudes. Boats instead of horses. And then I got another bunch of horses and dudes come over, and then they shoot at each other, and yeah. then they go back to being by themselves again. <laughs> That's, you know. You know, it's like, it's the, what the Western genre now is so dead that you can literally make a movie called Cowboys and Aliens, <laughs> and you can put Harrison Ford in the goddamn thing, and, and still nobody, nobody will, will go to see it. Yeah. And rightly so, because that's I'm not defending that movie. Yeah. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible movie. If they wanted to, if they wanted to help the Western genre, you know, come back as a you know an alien genre bending thing, Cowboys and Aliens was not the way to do it. Is no. there will be blood a Western? We need to define the genre in a, a sense. Bit. Like it, I mean, if it's a movie that takes Western place setting. in the desert and it's, it's wide shots the whole time, aesthetics. is yeah. that a Western? Yeah. What, what yeah, defines yeah. a Western? I, w- I would say in setting. I wouldn't say as much in. Theme tone and theme, yeah. Tone. Well, what yeah. is the what is the general tone or theme of your prototypical western? I'm going to say it is about the the guy or the group of guys setting out to right a wrong, yeah. You know, and and you know, or, for a or good demonstrate cause. some sense of masculinity or justice or well, right or wrong, like you said, yeah. yeah. But it, but it is very the the prototypical '50s one is certainly very hyper masculine, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in a in a in a in a lawless land, you know, yeah. these yeah. men will bring order. Okay, and then and then you do it on horseback, and the sun sets real pretty every night. So then there will be blood. No, in no. fact, in the chat room, there will be blood. Room, there will be blood. Is the main character is the evil landowner that they'd be trying to defeat? And the yeah, exactly. I Jim says no. There will be blood. Is a horror movie. <laughs> it's a little of both. Yeah, it's a western horror. You might say. Uh, yeah, I I I actually believed that. He, Paul Thomas Anderson, has even said that he's like, it's a horror movie, and we just use oil instead of blood. Like so anytime something bad see, happens, there's oil everywhere. There will be oil. Yeah. yeah. See, he's doing. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. See, he's yeah. doing his own genre. He is deliberately thing. doing. A is thing. that the Anderson we like or don't? I, or the that's the good one. That's the good one. Yeah. The one that wins Oscars and not the other one. Yeah. Speaking of Oscars, so far. you know this movie won Best Picture. That's right. Yeah. Yes, it did. In 1992, which was the same year that the guy from Nine Inch Nails won a Grammy for Best Metal Performance with Wish. I know 1992 pretty well. All right. How about that? That's all I got. Okay, I think um, I think Cool World came out in '92. Yeah, what, what, that's true. What, what was your first birthday like? <laughs> Boy, I don't remember. I was only one. <laughs> um, no, so in '92, I think my birthday was the uh, was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles themed. Oh, the year before that, I tried to make my parents take me to Home Depot for my birthday because I loved Home Depot so much. I don't know if you've told that story on the show before, but I have heard that story before, and I'm still oh, yes. really sad. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's, to me, the Disneyland story is sadder. <laughs> For my mom. <laughs> we couldn't afford it. So instead of getting season it's, it's, passes, it's, until it's, I was six. It's cool, but it's sad. Until I was making memories, my mom would just take me to the monorail, and we'd go around Disneyland, and she'd be like, we're going to Disneyland, and then we'd look at Disneyland, and then we'd come home. 
Wow. I didn't know that. I had memories, like imprinted memories that I went to Disneyland. And I remember even seeing Disneyland. So I'm like, yeah, I did go. And then later when I was like <laughs> recently, my mom's like, yeah, those first five or six years, I love Disneyland. We only maybe went once or twice a year. We just went around the monorail about 40 times a year. I like, want to like, uh, I want to invent a time machine and go back in time and take little you <laughs> to Disneyland right now. No, I just want to get Disney videotape World. of that happening. <laughs> yeah. So we can post it on your Facebook page where the timeline he suddenly saw, goes to 1990. He saw the Tiny Toons made for TV movie yeah. with the sequence with Plucky and, and Hampton where they did exactly that at Happy World Land. He was like, "That's what's he so upset about? That's how you go to the theme park. Anyway, Happy World anyway, Land. Back to the movie if we, if we, yeah. Yeah, if we I can actually have anything. I was, well, uh, well, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, uh, going back to that previous scene, another deconstruction. It's like you get the scene where there's like they're being shot at by like you know the sniper or the assassin from from across the hill, but it's different in this movie because they are in no danger whatsoever, <laughs> yeah. and they even know that they're like, yeah. what? He's shooting over there. <laughs> That's right. We're clearly right here. It's, it's it's another nice little detail. The fact that you know they've been shot at before, uh-huh. so just the fact that a gun is being fired does not phase them. Yeah. They're like, oh wait, no, we're cool. Yeah. yeah, we're totally cool. Uh, this scene could lift right out and just be a short film. I love this scene so much. Oh, There's just three dudes having like a pissing contest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can you shoot? I always thought it was kind of low that he takes his canteen yeah, and shoots yeah. it. And then they it's just like leave it. You're in the, you're on the frontier. Yeah. You may or may not get to clean water for four days. <laughs> That's right. Where you gonna, you're not going to like stop at the store and buy another canteen either. When you're on the trail and you're hiking, and then you just you're playing with your knives, and you're like, "No, I can definitely stab your bag of gorp," and then you spill the gorp, and then you leave. Yeah, I'll show you. Well, this is what like the 1880s. So at most, there's 20, 30 WalMarts in existence at this point. Yeah, I think there were, mm. were less than 20 at the time. Yeah, WalMart. No, that's in Arkansas, sir. That's an Arkansas territory. No, I know. <laughs> When they still spelled Arkansas right. Yeah. Arkansas. Sure he's got plenty of birthday stories about that, too. When I was a kid, I used to think Arkansas and Arkansas were two different states. Uh, well, there's Kansas. Yeah. There's Arkansas. That's kind of with the thinking, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, Kansas City is in two states, and that blows my mind. <laughs> that's fucking stupid. <laughs> pick one. I say Kansas, because it's right there in the name, but pick one. It makes sense that it would be in Kansas. Well, isn't like most of it in Missouri, too, Most though? of it's in like, Missouri. Like, the airport is in the Missouri side. Yeah. It's like two different. Are the, wait, are the chiefs time the, zones or some shit? Are it's the really Chiefs crazy. a Kansas or a Missouri team? Yeah, Missouri. Well, See, I don't fucking know. Now you have lost me. But the Kansas City Chiefs do they play for Missouri or for <laughs> Kansas City? Get your shit together. But but Springfield is just out of control. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> honestly, yeah. those are springing up everywhere. Yeah, they they, they spring up in every field. <laughs> well, Springfield and Canton. I mean, do you remember the Col- Colbert had a bits probably a couple years ago at this point where he would. He would make fun of a Canton wherever and then mm-hmm. just totally talk shit about it. And then, like, the next night he was like, I'm sorry, Canton, Georgia. I didn't mean Canton, Georgia. Yeah. I was actually talking about Canton, Ohio. And then he'd go off and on And he that. would go off on Canton. And then the next night he would Canton, <laughs> New Mexico. Just to yeah. resolve that, I, Jim, says, uh, that's Kansas. They play for Kansas. Okay. Kansas. Thanks, Kansas. Thanks, Jim. I'll make a note. Yeah. The, that's, well, that's the problem with the frontier is everyone hops on their covered wagons and they go racing out and go, ha, Canton. And some guy in Ohio is like, Canton. <laughs> like, there already is. No, no, screw it. I'm, I, my Canton You can't is- name it Canton. Can too. Can too. <laughs> if they got a problem, they can come over here and deal with it. That's and they're like, right. well, we got well, fucking oh, geez. fields to plow. 50 whatever. miles. Who's going to make it that far? Yeah. For <laughs> but, but, gee, Paul, what if someday we connect some sort of worldwide network that makes the world Get in the house. Oh. Believe me, we will. Yes, Paul. We will Go separate <laughs> those hogs. <laughs> we will have all died of dysentery by this. <laughs> we have died of dysentery. I made it to Montana. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> we can't carry enough bear meat, and we're just going to die on the trail. That's just how Last it is. Last night, I saw a jackrabbit with a woman's face. face. <laughs> this guy, the, the author guy, um, 
Saul Rubinek. I cannot. Mr. Beauchamp. I cannot explain why. I can't. I could try. He just every shot reminds me of John Oliver. Okay, a little he bit. Just, he, he looks kind of okay. like a pudgy John Oliver. He also reminds me of uh, crap. I can't remember his name, but the the guy who Bob Hoskins. No, the guy who keeps Sam Jackson it in the uh, the American Pie movies and is also in most of Christopher Guest stuff. Why oh, can't uh, I remember his name? Uh, Eugene Levy. G- Eugene, Eugene Levy. Levy. Yes, Eugene yes. Levy. He looks like Interesting. Eugene Levy. I would not have gone there, but okay. It's the eyebrows. You just paint with a wider brush and you get Eugene Levy. Yeah. I saw him at a Roma cafe once. Eugene saw Rubinek. Oh, okay. Not, not I, Eugene I Levy. saw him at the Sci-Fi Channel party. The whole the whole cast of Warehouse 13 was sitting on the, the banquette next to me. And I'm like, oh, it's too bad I don't watch that show. I saw him in Unforgiven. Meh. I didn't bring this up at the time, and I should have, but it's we're talking about seeing people. Uh, who was it that's uh, Yeah, you missed it by like 10 seconds. Yeah, right? No, no, it came up the last time when we were talking about uh, like Carl Sagan and all that. Uh, I, forget, I forget who it was, but the Hugh Jackman thing. He's like, he's like, I saw Hugh Jackman walking towards me, and I stopped. My world stopped, and I <laughs> freaked out. <laughs> and I would have that exact same experience with Gene Hackman, too. Because he's just like, yeah. uh, fucking, I, I think it was Harold's term. He said, um, Gene Hackman is amiably intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's sort of like, ah, you know, kind of smiley. as that sort of Gene Hackman, oh, yeah, sure. I but understand. he's still looking at and you. And then he's going to, like, yeah. get you. Like, yeah. You, you know the face I'm thinking of where he's kind of like, he's, he's, he's going along with you, but that smile. He's smiling to distract you <laughs> from <laughs> the rest of it. You know, you got hit Meanwhile, by... Christopher Walken is sneaking up yeah, behind exactly. you. you know, he got hit yeah, by a car. It's, a, like... it's not the Gene Hackman in front of you you got to worry yeah. about. It's the two on the side. It's the walking behind you. <laughs> it's, well, he got hit by a car like a couple of months ago. He was, he was, he was riding like he hit by a car. Who, Rubinek? No, no, Hackman. Gene Hackman. He had a Twitter he's, rip thing for a second there. He's 80 years old or whatever he is. He got hit by a freaking car. <laughs> just, and got, the car stopped. Yeah, exactly. The car got the worst of it, apparently. He just well, stood Morgan Freeman was in a car accident. What the hell is this shit? Morgan Freeman yeah, was Morgan a car Freeman flipped. flipped his car over on a his... date with his granddaughter or something. Wow! Yeah, his girlfriend, who's now his wife, or however it works out. He adopted her for a second. These, and are, then he these married are some her. tough dudes. You want to talk about a guy from another generation? These, these, yeah. are, these are some tough dudes. He was like, "Yeah, they're getting hit by cars. They're rolling over. They're sleeping with granddaughters. I, I, <laughs> if I got to go to the cleaners and the bank in the same day, I need a nap." I don't know how they're doing it. Back in my day, cars didn't exist. Exactly. So I still just refuse to acknowledge them. I had them. to carry my granddaughter into a ditch and roll her over. It's, it's a long story, but it's, that's how we did it in them days. It was Love. a style at the time. <laughs> you were starting to say something. No, just sort of, just, it's not even important, but relating to the Hugh Jackman story, there's a guy at my work who just lo- he's not actually him, but he just kind of looks like Tom Hardy. And every time I see him, I have like a like, small huh? panic attack. And I don't even know why. Like, I don't... <laughs> I don't really associate Tom Hardy with any crazy characters. I guess Bane now, but Bronson. you don't even really see his face. Bronson. Maybe it's the Bronson thing. Because every time I see him, I'm like, <gasps> and then I'm like, no, it's not really him. It's not Tom Hardy or Bronson. I'm okay. Uh, Shinzon. But yeah, Shinzon, yeah. yeah but I think I might, I, might, I might have a twinge if I saw Clint Eastwood walking down the street. Oh, yeah. Oh, too. fuck. Dude. Yeah. Because Clint Eastwood's face looks like that emoticon you can make with the HTML carrots if you do the the one, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where you put you put the two of them it's like, like this. a cat face. Yeah, thing? it's yeah. just like it's like a, it's like an, his face looks like an X-wing. That's what it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> he's squ- he's perpetually squinting, is what it is. Yeah, well, he was in the desert for a long time. He's like Moses. <laughs> he looks like Clint Eastwood because he was in all those Clint Eastwood movies. Yeah, it's a tautology. It just keeps going around. <laughs> if he wasn't in all those movies, he wouldn't look like Clint Eastwood. It's Eastwoods all the way down. <laughs> it's, it's just Eastwoods all the way down. That's what we should. 
and again, I mean, you you guys said you found the movie slow, and it's like, well, that's true. It, no, no, actually, it, actually, by the end, I you just thought it was, just, was going to be slow. Early on, just I was like, the menu oh, makes, it, makes it. It's like yeah. it's just this picture of the prairie sunset, and you hear ding ding. Yeah, and he's just standing there, ding, staring ding, at the grave. Ding, I'm like, oh yeah. no, oh, no. The, no. The, me, the menu is kind of <laughs> extremely, <laughs> extremely loud and incredibly western. <laughs> the menu kind of has a very like pose law western kind of like this is a. This is the tautology of a I western. I am westerning so hard right this now. This is yeah. such yeah. western. And, again, that's, I think that's true. The, and, the, again, that's why the, the movie is framed by, here's this weird mythology. Uh-huh. Yeah. But here's what really happened. Yeah. Here's the real deal. And, and, and I was just going to remark on the fact that, you know, they, the, the western trope in many movies is, of course, the journey to the mission and, right. you know, the bonding and all that. But these guys spend it, you know, like, you know, farting and digging and scratching and eating beans and, like, complaining about how hard the ground is. And just, yeah. yeah, that's if you rode from Wyoming to freaking Florida on a horse, you'd be tired, too. You'd <laughs> be tired and sore and it's not fun and it's not glamorous. And you'd be wishing, like, I just wish I could sleep in a freaking bed right now. Yeah. That's, that's the Old West. That's the glamour of the Old West. And not, and they're not particularly bonding successfully either. <laughs> and the bonding we'll is say. also not working that yeah. well. Did you guys see the new True Grit? I did. Did you like it? I did like it. Yeah. No. I did not. Did not? Nope. For not why? like it or not see it? I just didn't get around to it. Oh. oh. I, did I didn't get around to liking it. You did not see it. I did not see it. No. Oh, yeah. I said, did you like it? And you go, I did not. I'm like, I didn't get around to liking it. <laughs> <laughs> I, someday someday I'll list. get around to liking it. It's on my it. list. The yeah that and you said you said you'd seen you'd seen both did you mm-hmm. were you inspired to check out the original based on yeah. having seen yeah when I saw the because it's, said... it's kind of freakily striking how they're they're almost exactly the same until the end there yeah yeah until the end they, they um, change a few things yeah but I uh, I preferred the <laughs> oh, I, fu- I forgot the little girl's name the character name but uh, I liked her more in the new one I thought they found an amazing girl for the for the new one yes because she, she was, was great. She's going to be, it's, it's not even, and this is true gritty, but it's on Netflix right now. You can watch the new one. It's not even that she's a particularly good child actress, although she is. She's not that young. She's like 14 in the movie, but maybe she's 13. It's just the weirdo Frontierland dialogue that she has to like through and still like look like it's making sense to her, which it wouldn't make sense to me. Like, I think that's how you have to do Shakespearean performances too, is you go, okay, now I'm going to make my mouth do this. While I'm feeling and expressing this. No, those are the bad Shakespearean yeah, performances yeah. that you that, see what, at like high schools and stuff. The good you ones. You have to actually know what you're saying. The good ones are the ones who take the time to go, what the fuck am I what talking about? What is this meme? Right what now? is this reference? Yeah. What, what you're actually talking about is Star Trek or science fiction techno babble. Is like inverse the tachyon, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, that doesn't mean a goddamn thing. Just sound like you know what it does. But that's not what Shakespeare is. Darn. Yeah. She couldn't do Shakespeare. Shakespeare is not techno babble. <laughs> yes, it seems like it, yeah. but it's not. I'm always fascinated by by movies that actually really do try and get jargon of of a period or a place and uh, of whatever that is, and and still be able to like just not not like have to give you a glossary of it. Right. or feel like they have to give you a glossary of it. And I, you know, we talked about famously Dune. You know, the movie Dune. You got a glossary when you went in the theater. Like, okay, studio, thanks for giving me the benefit of the doubt on that one. <laughs> um, but the there's just this weird. Studio preconception that well, if people don't understand it, they won't you know they won't like it. It's like I don't I don't think that's true. I think you can be obviously you can go too far and be totally people like blue velvet. I don't understand what the hell these you know the words they're saying that could be an issue. I don't see a, it's like you're seeing a foreign film at some point. But I like I really like it when a, a, I'm impressed by a movie or television show that can that can insert jargon and just like you're just like put it right in there and, yeah. you, and you get it from te- context and you understand. Yeah. We took it. We took, they, they, we talked about it in the commentary, but I just recently uh, happened to find, cause I was thinking about the scene, uh, the buddy spiked scene from Incredibles. Yes. Uh, and I found yeah. when I was looking for it, I actually found a YouTube video. And if you go to YouTube and type in Incredibles buddy spiked, you know, like a spike 
spiked, buddy spiked, uh, you'll find the scene there with an info thingy from a pilot who just says, here's everything she's saying. This is what that all means. Now watch it again. And it's like, fuck me, man. <laughs> yeah. And I was I just going back to the scene because it's so horrifying when she says there are children on board. Yeah. And she talks about that. She talks about that she wants she Holly Hunter made sure she learned what she was saying. But like mm-hmm. angels means your altitude yeah. and buddy yeah. spiked means that you have been it's friendly fire in the sky. It's like if they send a missile at you, it's like shit. Fuck, no, buddy spiked. Buddy spiked. <laughs> Stop it. Get it off of me. And there's like a there's a, like seven or eight terms that they explain in the YouTube thing. A, re- a, a, a really good uh one for that, uh, not only in the in the book but in the adaptation, is Game of Thrones because that'll just yes. throw things at you, and it's like, fuck, okay, you're <laughs> you're lost for like a chapter and a half, and then are like, okay, they keep saying it's like learning a new language practice. Context like, clues. They it keep is, saying yeah. this in this context, so I think that means birthday. Like you just slowly kind of sort it yeah, out. Yeah, name day, name day, and Sarah. Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Okay, I get it. Yeah. That's fine. You know. Anyway, there's there's a rather lengthy scene that's been going on this whole time. Yeah, um, and, and I love this scene. This, it's, scene, it's, this scene is incredible. Yeah. Oh, this is the scene where you talk like, about it a little bit. Wow, Gene Hackman has all the balls, man. <laughs> he, he totally just... does. And I think that's the that's what's so fun about well, the, you know, the character is that you know he's he he's the one at this point he's the one that's that good. Yeah, you know that's like we've we found that English Bob is a total English Bob can kill people. He can shoot his gun. Yeah, but when it comes down to it, but any idiot can shoot a gun if yeah, he exactly. has enough. When it comes down to it, you know. Little Bill has, you know, more skills. He's got the sense. He's got some and serious that's the, skills. That's the difference. Yeah. But, you know, Dumbledore has enough sense not to grab the gun. Yeah. yeah. It, and he knows it. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, I'm not, yeah, no. Yeah. That's not happening. Ultimately, at, at, on the one hand, he, like, you know, Little Bill has balls, but at the same time, he's like, I don't even need balls because I know you suck and you suck. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I, I am not putting, I'm not doing anything courageous right now. My balls are know, being wasted by this. Yeah. I yeah. know neither of you is going to try anything. Yeah. So it's like he's sitting there being threatened by two Pekingese dogs. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm I'm okay with this. I, yeah. I think I can handle you. <laughs> that's cool. But if you're in a room with a thousand Pekingese dogs, then it gets interesting. They're like yeah. compies. God, yeah. that's creepy. <laughs> Just imagine being in a football field that's sealed off on all ends and it's filled with little. I remember dogs. one of those pole games, uh, it like, was a, w- like a like a chicken the, coop. Listen through the I, through the oatmeal or whatever. Like how many kindergartners could you take in a fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those. Yeah, there's a point where and the they answer would is get you. like yeah. ten. Yeah. yeah, it's like once you get past that, you really can't keep up. Well, after that point, they just swarm you, like you said. Yeah. They just then it's a swarm, and they become a giant humunculus, and they're walking around stomping <laughs> you, and they glom together like a transformer. So bear that in mind. Oh, you're what? going up against kindergartners. Yeah, the next time you provoke a class of kindergartners into a fight, just remember if they out first. Yeah, it's your age minus five. That's how many. I think, no, which means enough. which means that Clint Eastwood could take on like seventy five of them. <laughs> he could take on two full classrooms, Paul. <laughs> two full Los Angeles County classrooms. That's that's what's awesome. Well, that's like seven hundred kids. That's a yeah, but he's like he's seven hundred five years old, so uh-huh. that, that works. This does not look like a comfy. This if if I was doing the commentary, I would say it was so cold that night because <laughs> this does not look comfortable. This looks really uncomfortable. Yeah, that looks ex- extremely cold. What, what, what <laughs> is incredibly That's what Western. the whiskey is for. What must it be yeah. like when you're the producer, director, star, and he's clearly miserable there. Like, not <laughs> yeah. just acting miserable. He's clearly miserable. Maybe and, that's and why he does go, one take. Okay, yeah, we yeah. got it. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman's next to you. I mean, Morgan Freeman must be going, really, Clint, do we have to do this? <laughs> yeah, got like, and as Clint needs to like be buckets like, buckets of well, water coming off their hats. Can, Look at that. Yeah. I guess we do. Yeah. Can we listen? Uh, listen, pal. I uh, did this for fifty years. Yeah. All right. I did this in Italian. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know what anyone was saying. We haven't talked about Sergio Leone. 
That's because I have nothing to say. Have I haven't seen any of this. I don't know a damn thing about Sergio I saw Rango. Rango. Yeah. yeah wow. I've seen, I, I know visually he has made some very sexy westerns, but, yes. and, and I've never seen it. an entire Sergio Leone. Sextons, yeah. I've never seen an entire one of his movies. I've seen clips. Yeah. I so want I've, to. I certainly yeah. want to, just like, you know, general westerns. And I love that it doesn't, uh, by the way, he hands. Uh, you know, English Bob is gun back and it's totally fucked up. His name is Dumbledore. And I love, but I love the fact that the movie doesn't, it doesn't do an insert or anything of his fucked up gun. It's like you either notice or you don't yeah. that his shit is completely bent around <laughs> and he'd shoot himself in the face if he tried to shoot anybody. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see him try and fire that. But yeah, but, but it's like, it's an extra little spit in the eye. That I, I've destroyed your gun and made it useless, but I'm giving it back yeah. to you. <laughs> that's my final, that's my final fuck you. Hypothetical question. If you uh, lived 40 in a, or 50%. If you lived in an old western town, we'll say this one, uh, what would your occupation be? What would you be doing? Mm. Would you be like a farmer or would you be working at the dry goods store? Would you be at the bar? I actually distracted myself briefly. Would you be a banker? Watching this, trying to figure out the economy of a small town like this. Because I was <laughs> like, wait, so... Because there has to be a, an economy of scale. There yeah. has to be a certain minimum number of people before any of it is worth it. Yeah, yeah. A, a, yeah. exactly. And it's like, okay, so, so you're the general store and everyone else has to come to you for money but but then like they've got to or they've got to come to you for stuff so they got to pay you money but they got to make money so there's the guy who is like the tailor but how many fucking shirts can he sew in in a month so he can't be making that much money so there's got uh, it's like there's got to be a level yeah. where it's like meanwhile they've got a lot of whores yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> this is a six whore town yeah. this is basically a, t- a town where two people just hand each other money back and forth basically yeah. one, one of them is feeding the this other is, and the other one's jerking on the other one's dick well, this is, uh, well, you know, this is a big convention town clearly with yeah. the number of whores they got it, well you know it's, it's like LA or DC uh, both one industry, um, one industry towns this is a one industry town too well here's just the well, whores just, well, there's two, two things in other words it's Los Angeles two things about that one is these little towns originally would be they would service all the farmers around the farmers and the ranchers yeah the farmers are, are like satellites around the town yeah and they, so they come in to buy their goods and sell their goods you know their their cattle and their feed and their whatever and there's um, a few towns and the other thing is they have the, this town is actually you know coming into the modern world because they're on a railroad line now so so that's that's what makes a town they're like grow. a gas station on like the yeah, highway they're like that they're like the, which is I think the exactly the same thing I just drove to Arizona for Christmas and I think there's that little enclave in the middle of fuck all nowhere yeah. that's got three, what are you people doing here? three Why Chevron stations and five you know five trailers yeah and that's that's a community out there. That every time I drive out to Arizona or Vegas and stop for gas and like go in and you get, get really like sad, a you? Dairy Queen or something, yeah, you see like the the twenty year old who's working there. It's like you grew up here, huh? Yeah. You live like just over one of those hills. <laughs> God damn it! I'm so wow. sorry. Do you I'm, want some money? I'm gonna go now. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I'm 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 gonna go. But I'm gonna think what, about you a yeah. lot in the years to come. <laughs> anyway, I think I'd be a barber. I think I would like there to be go. a barber because the barber never seems to get involved in any shit, but he's aware of all the shit. Yeah. So true. he just gets to hang out and, you know, he's kind of near the saloon so he can hear the honky tonk if he wants to or he can plug his ears, I guess. I probably but he's also, you know, he also gets to be the guy that talks to everyone and goes to the mayor. I'd probably run like a hotel or something. Because that seems like it would take the least effort. Because it's like every once in a while, so you spend most come. of the time with a pipe on the on the porch, just waiting for someone to go. I exactly. Need a room. I want to sleep. Like, oh, you want to sleep? Yeah, I got those. Come on in. And then, like, I won't see another one for a week, so I, I can totally take my time cleaning and shit. So, I mean, the obvious answer and, and would be the, the guy at the saloon. The and write, and, <laughs> yeah, and write my great American screenplay. See, yeah, Snail already <laughs> brought it up. The obvious answer for me would be, like, in a saloon, either as, at the bar or playing the piano. But those guys always get shot. Yes. Always, yeah. always, always get when shot. When the shit goes down, they're the first to but go. But the bar, ever seen the sheen in the bar? Nope. Now, the yeah. barber's the guy always in the background who com- comes out to watch. Yeah. Oh, what's going on over there? 
And oh, then he okay. goes back into his thing. <laughs> yeah. Safe. I'll put a piano in my soul, in my barber shop. There you go. You'd be the singing barber. And I'll make my little spinning <laughs> barber <laughs> icon. I'll put my little spinning I- barber icon in black and white. He's going to go back in time and invent barbershop. Barbershop. Ooh. Barbershop music. <laughs> that had to come from somewhere. <laughs> we just figured out where. <laughs> the B sharps. I almost didn't mm-hmm. want to stop. That was so lovely. That was so lovely. Going with that. It, t- it took me until this moment where he was like, ah, oh, you should just hang the architect or whatever, until I was like, oh, they're in his house. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is, that was the, the, the deputies have that great scene yeah. where they talk about how it's like, oh, no, Bill, I'm not saying he's cowardly, but he's yeah. no carpenter. That's he's no carpenter. Point. He's I, building well, his own house, and it sucks. Well, he, makes the, he, he made the comment where he's like, I don't think there's a straight angle in that entire yeah. house. But then you actually look at it, like in these scenes and stuff, there totally, there's not a straight angle <laughs> anywhere in the house. Like, they actually pay that off. And, and Which, actually, a fun fact, makes it invisible to radar. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's a stealth house. <laughs> in the chat, they're still talking about occupations in Old West, and Frank is like, huh. I guess I'd be the Chinaman with the opium den. <laughs> okay. There you go. Oh. Can I ask a question? Hello. Okay. Can I ask a question? What is with the Chinese laundry thing? Like, because that was a stereotype for a long time. Why did the Chinese get the market on laundry? How did, how? What did that, why? There I is, have a uh, racist joke. I have seen a thing about that, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a Freakonomics answer to There it. is a Freakonomics, it's, it's, it has to do with, um, yeah, it's, or an Outliers one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Similar. Uh, I think I think Outliers or some of those one of those books kind of covered it, but it's the idea. It's like they weren't allowed to do that much. Uh huh. Um, it's like, well, you can work in the railroad, you can dig a mine, or you or know, you can wash the clothes. You can wash it, the it's clothes, a lot so like you know how a lot of Jews ended up in bank, banking and financial systems because in medieval times, usury was a crime in the Catholic Church. You know, Christians couldn't charge interest when they lent other people yeah. money. Interest which made, used to be a sin. Remember yeah, those days? Tr- charging interest was a sin, which didn't make a lot of sense for Christians to go into banking for that reason. Uh-huh. So the Jews filled that uh, filled that necessity, and over several yeah. generations, and we've never forgiven them for getting the edge on us with that one. Yeah. So Talk the Chinese about went kings. into laundry because the Americans thought that dry detergent was a sin. I don't know, some stupid thing. I'm sure. Because well, probably just because anyway, you know. I agree with the opium yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah I'd, I would I'd totally just be sitting in like den, yeah. just be sitting in kind of a shitty hammock bed with an opium pipe all day long, just working on my mustache. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, the, the clientele are so easy to deal with. They come in, they lie down, they're And then every now and gone. then someone will burst into the room, and you kind of just calmly look up and look back to your hand opium pipe. Hand them a little cue. Roll over, go to bed for a while. Eventually eat some bag of beans you found somewhere. Now we've, there, now we've, there is a dry cleaning institute of Australia, everybody, just in case. Good on you, Mike. The only thing we wanted to know is, is, is the other one. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's fascinating, but that's not, the, that's not the critical question before us, Senator. No, I like the I like the the again the the undermining of yet another trope. It's like okay, they finally made it to big whiskey, and he's got what he's got a fever. Yeah, he's something sick. like he's that. got the flu. He's got the flu, and so he's gonna get his ass beat because he can't defend himself because he's sick. Yeah, you know, it's like uh she's Bochamp's going. How do I make this interesting for yeah. fuck's sake? This is how do I make this story less sound good? Any uh, updates on the... Dude, just ask. Just ask Google. I know it's uncomfortable. Just say, why do the Chinese do so much yes. laundry? Just ask it. <laughs> why are Chinese laundry? Right. Trust me, I this is America. It will autocomplete There's, once you get yeah. a little ways into it. It's like, and then and then Google's like, it's that's not, really racist. It's not racist. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> why? Oh, God. I typed in, why do the Chinese? And the, the autocomplete is, eat rice, 
value education <laughs> and use chopsticks. Oh, well. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Why <laughs> the Chinese laundry? Why do the, chi- why do they laundry? Why do the Chinese laundry? Why do the Chinese laundry? Well, there's a chink in the armor. Oh my gosh! I could not believe that. <laughs> I, what could, the, I couldn't believe that anyone was upset by it. That's I was <laughs> like, I was like, oh, you politically incorrect outrage machines of America! <laughs> I'm outraged because they said a word that means a thing, but it also means another thing. So okay, <laughs> this that's how I found out yesterday that Jeremy Lin is Chinese because everyone <laughs> went batshit because the word chink was used to describe a chink and not a Chinese person. And I'm like, oh, I see. People who are afraid of being racist think someone is racist for using a word. That I, m- I missed it. I don't know what we're talking about. Anyway. There's a Chinese guy. He plays basketball. Okay. He, 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 he does it he, really well. He wins. He lost yesterday, and ESPN said, oh, there's a chink in the armor, and people went batshit because they don't chink know what chink thing. in the armor means, and it's racist, and they need an apology from ESPN, and I think that's niggardly of everyone. I was going pl- <laughs> to play the niggardly card. I will play the niggardly card as often as possible. Look it up. Learn words, people. Put your outrage away. So, anyways, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, people with the flu getting their shit beat up, yeah, here we go. <laughs> I, that and I tell you what, that topic comes up quite often <laughs> ar- around my my place. Getting beat up when you have the getting flu. Getting beat up when you have the flu because what else, what are you gonna do about it? Mike, really? you got the flu? No, I'm good. I'm good. Because no, I'll punch you if you want. No, no, I'm 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 good. I'm I will good here. I will punch the flu right out of you. That is science. <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is where oh, he's Trevor's right about the laundry thing. Uh, okay, so it's one of the few jobs they could have. Is that the deal? Prior to the invention and mass production of modern laundry machines, doing laundry was a lengthy, hot, tiring, and tiring chore. Many people turned to professional launderers to get the job done. In the Wild West, many of these launderers were Chinese in origins because they were barred by law or custom from most other occupations, and they were willing to do the hard work for low pay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. mining, railroads, and laundry, <laughs> which and opium dens. They they wanted to do, the, or they were willing to do the jobs that. Good red-blooded Americans <laughs> didn't want. Which is Chinese, why... Chinese, Chinese, the American-Mexican. Yeah. Yes. Which is, by the way, why the Chinese are still beating us. <laughs> yes. Because they're still willing yes. to do the they're jobs They're still willing to do jobs we don't for low pay. And there's so goddamned many of them. <laughs> <laughs> there's also that. There was a, there was a, there was a great video that was a years ago. It was called Ha 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 America, which was uh, kind of on, on Adam back before videos were too big a thing. And it was like, it, literally back then, before really there was the consciousness of China, like, holy shit, wait, what, they're, they're what? They're doing what? The guys in the sandals are kicking our ass in every conceivable way? When did that happen? Um, they're, they're so quiet over there, fuck. <laughs> but, uh, it's the, always the quiet ones. But someone pointed out, it's pointed out in the, in the video, it's, 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 it's like, uh, it's like, ha-ha, it's this like, funny little, you know, in this, like, faux Chinese, you know, me Chinese, me tell you a story. It's like, you know, ha-ha-ha, America, and then saying all these, like, frightening things about China. Like, ha-ha-ha, America, we have 500,000 times more bullets than you, or whatever. But one of the things they said is, like, the, the Chinese population, like, we, our population is between this and this. American population is this. And literally, the American population is the rounding error in their population. Uh. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, they may or may not have an American population in there as yeah. well. <laughs> Uh, Which we're not sure. As, as the as the uh, just as the the first line of you know the scariest thing I've seen in a movie in the past three years is the opening line of Social Network, where he says there are more geniuses in China than there are Americans. Uh-huh. You know, and she goes that can't possibly be true. And he goes, it's true. And it's like yeah, it probably is true. Yeah, it's like I mean, there's a country out there. People, <laughs> wake up, people. Wake up, people. Wake up, people. There's a there's a country out there, yeah. full of people who have more geniuses than we have idiots. Yeah, they have more than any people combined. They're organized, 
they'll work for no wages yeah. and they want it's to like, and they want it to be the next to take over the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's like listen, Just like we did. Listen, the stereotype is that they're really good at math. That should concern <laughs> yeah. us. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. The the thing that blew my mind or changed my perspective on it at, at some point was hearing the name of a Chinese city I had never heard before. You know, it was it wasn't Beijing or or uh, Shanghai or anyone, or even like Chengdu, which you know some people know about now. Some name of some Chinese city I'd never heard before, out of the blue. I was like, oh, yeah, that has 8 million people in it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of their yeah. smaller cities. And New-, New York has six. Yeah. yeah. We have like eight in Los Angeles. I think I think China's quite neat, by the way. Like it's their cool. culture I, and stuff, I think it's very cool. I would, I would like to go. <laughs> oh, wait to suck 180. up. I wanna... Way to suck up to I our... I, for one, over... welcome our Chinese overlord. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Damn. Dude, He's totally. getting in early You have on. no chance no, to survive. Make your time. Anyway. Some of my best friends are Asian. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to put in a word for me. <laughs> oh, 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 the fix is in. So. Oh, I see. The fix is in, is it? You know, I you know, I love laundry. I, yeah. you know, I, I I'll do laundry all day long. Shit. I can't wait to work in your coal mines, China. That's yeah. going to be fantastic. So anyway, uh, is it just me? By the way, when when we were first watching this, when we were watching this on Friday, I was like, I was for a certain period of time, I was willing to put money down that this head whore is the same as the head whore from the Firefly episode. No, it is they, not. I know, I know it's not because I looked yeah. at IMDb. But right. do they not look almost identical? Similar character, certainly. Similar Red character, Hedgehog. but they look. Very I keep, much alike. I keep that. Her name is Melinda Clark, that actress, not in, in Firefly. Damn Trey in Firefly. But I keep confusing her with Musetta Vander, who is a very similar looking. Like actress. you do, yeah, yeah, like you would. I mean, I, I there's there's two actresses. They both they both they they look very similar. They're both whores. Yeah, they're both whores. I'm in. But they whores. both have hearts they, of gold. Yeah. They, have hearts of gold, but uh, Melinda Clark was the one on, uh, and I, I made. I think I made the mistake in the forum. Even I, I, I said it was Musetta, Musetta Vander, um, who was on Xena. I saw her in person at the convention last week, but um, and I thought she was Melinda Clark, but she wasn't. I was like, you who was on Xena that I don't care about, you were on Firefly, which is awesome, but you weren't. So I'm not going to extricate talk. yourself from this story I'm not immediately. I'm not going to talk anymore about about what shows you're on. But she is on Entourage, Melinda Clark. Oh, so. uh, yeah. Okay. Now we're doing the sewing up his face. Yes. Scene. There you go. Welcome to the glamour of being a gunslinger. Yeah. Now, now, I can now, tell you what's going on on screen. No, I'm not. Now, of course, oh, cool. his face is cut open. Right? <laughs> oh, he's got a needle, and he's just... This, oh, that's right. This is your thing. He kind of... Yeah. You know, he had some whiskey, but he also poured the whiskey on it, which burns. And yeah, that burns. And now they're oh, sewing... No, next to his not, eye, no, they're no, using no. a yeah. curved needle. So... This this is where the movie, when I was watching the movie, when the first time I saw it, 20 years ago, that's where I was kind of like okay with... You know, you're kind of okay with... Gene Hackman. I mean, you you've you've experienced the movie recently for the first times. You know, it, for me, it's like up until the last scene, it was like, well, Gene Hackman. You know, he's got a tough gig. He's got to try and keep order in this rough yeah, town. Yeah, he's, he's like he's he's, he's out to... there, but I'm <clears throat> I'm okay because yeah, he kicked the crap out of that one guy, and that seemed a little far. But I didn't like yeah. that other guy, so it's okay. Yeah, and then but then this comes up where it seems like okay, now he's kind of just. Just being mean. Now, yeah. now he's just being a douche. Now he doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have a history with this guy, as yeah. far as we know. He's just and... taking the opportunity. Yeah. And yet, at yeah. the same time, he's he's you know, he's still he's not doing anything he hasn't been doing. Is like he is you know being the iron fist of the law and like you know, you you not in my town. Not in my town. And uh, my favorite moment of that scene is afterwards when uh, the the whores are trying to say, you know, that's just some guy, and they they make a convincing case, and <laughs> he's just kind of like. Oh, this is inconvenient. You know, like let's, you know, see what you made me do. You, why do you make me hurt you like this, big whiskey Montana? Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, later he'll kill Morgan Freeman, and then, of course, we don't. Like then, yeah. then we are. Then you're like, oh, okay. Then we were like, oh, that's your ass. Okay. And, and that's the the grand great morality. It's like I'm okay with this guy if he's doing that fucked up shit to somebody I don't care about. Yeah. But when it's somebody I do care about, 
now it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, nah, see, and nah. that, that kind of reveals like, oh, well, it, that kind of reveals my own like fucked up things yeah. going on. Like how, well, how on irrational. Huh? He killed him on accident. He was torturing oh. him, but he died. Oh, you're, oh, you're, you're I just right. tortured him too hard. <laughs> if I had a failing, the I things. think I tortured him too hard. Teague, Teague just did his equivalent of the knights who say knee on me. <laughs> yeah. What? What I do? You did on accident again. Oh, by accident. And I know you did it on mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it can't have been by purpose. <laughs> <laughs> It's not just it's not just UT. To be fair, <laughs> a lot of people it's, do it's that. everyone under thirty. Yeah, thinks yeah. that it's on accident. It's it's a or in line. It's a generational thing. What? Okay, it's weird when people say online and they mean getting in, in line. line. Yeah, yeah. Online standing. It, in oh, line. I was associated that as being more of a British thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The British. But, thing, but the what's British really weird is if you go back or in queue to media from forty or fifty up, years ago, the way that the word sex is used in a sentence when you're talking about sex used to be like get sex. Now it's have sex, but it's been like different things. It, it, the word sex has had. Has, it's, you have there's to, probably a, a, you have so, to put it in that, a different form. Every somewhere time. in that entomology, there's probably is a whole attitude change. It's like first you had to go get it, yeah. but now you have now it. You, now you share it. Yes. But because before it I, was like you, you are you're the my, guy. It's like let's have cookies. Yeah. You're the guy. Not, you're, I want to get cookies. You're, well, you're the guy, and she's the woman, and you just get the sex. You from get her. the cookies from her. Yeah, yeah she just I'm gives extract it to you. some sex. Then, and now, you're not giving her now any. Now she's expected just, to bring the cookies so you can well, have cookies yeah, together. But now, now you, you, but you now both you, have to enjoy the yeah, cookies. Now you're both having them. Bullshit. Oh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Talk about you know, bring back the whores with a heart of gold, please. That would be fantastic because they didn't need, they didn't care about the cookies, and that's that was a time saver. They just made the cookies for. You. In the old west, that was a time saver because you had to be up at dawn. So <laughs> and, you know the whores and the cookies was just too much, man. When, it, you, when you had to worry about getting the the flour to rise for her, oh, oh my Jesus! Maybe I'd make maybe that'd be my my profession. I'd make cookies. You have, you have to get. Oh, I thought Wait, you were going to say. What, what are we talking about now? Maybe I'd run the whorehouse. <laughs> yeah. you have to get up. No. We're talking about real cookies now. Oh. But I'd, I'd probably I'd probably steal some opium from the opium den and you put have, that in the cookies. You have to get up an hour earlier. To smart. Make yeah. that analogy. Work. Yeah, I don't know why I want so many of your cookies, but I just keep wanting the cookies. Yeah, I love these cookies. Just, it's a complete luxury, and I really have to get medicine for my dying child. Like, I need another cookie right the fuck now, or I might kill him. <laughs> and you yeah, can call but, it. You can have a cutesy name for the place, like Ope Cookies. <laughs> Our pilgrim forefathers, ladies and gentlemen. That's, that's how it was. Hacking and slashing through the wilderness. <laughs> but then you, you would get people cookies. coming in and sticking up your cookie joints and that's robbing true. your cookies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah then you make yourself around. a target, man. Then you'd want little Bill to come in, and you'd probably yeah. give him free cookies, which is now that's a whole hour and a whole other area. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gray and gray, man. Yeah, it's, it just gets into the, just it's gray all the way down. Those who will exchange cookies for safety deserve <laughs> <Yeah>. neither. Has <laughs> <laughs> been down in front. <laughs> Can't top that one. It's the, the good part of the movie's coming up. Anyway. Just watch it. Just watch it. It's good. We'll stop talking. We're done now. <laughs> Dark uh, Man for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, anyway, oh. I'll just fill time and yeah. say random words now in succession. So apparently, uh, the, uh, reading the trivia, apparently okay. that snow... Ah. The, all the snow on the ground they didn't bring that in that just happened and they're like well it's our shoot day there's, there's <laughs> yeah. so there's snow That's it's right, not yeah. going to help his recovery but fine that'll yeah. help the it, story it, hadn't, it wasn't snowing in the other scenes but here it is yeah but we, now it's snowing all the way to the horizon that was in um, uh, the the Chinese Woo! Uh, it's all coming back chink uh, in the, the word ch- is chink in the Chinese <laughs> movie um, uh, House of Flying Daggers there was a a fight scene there's a climactic fight scene at the end 
that halfway through there's just snow everywhere. <laughs> there's just snow, and it it like they played it off like. They made it a metaphorical thing, like, oh, they've been fighting so long, like, the seasons change and stuff like that. But it was like, no, we had, like, a week, and halfway through it started snowing, and we just had to yeah. keep going. So you now actually, there was snow at the end. You could actually see the same thing in 310 to Yuma, which is a Western that I recommend, a modern Western, not the original, but the remake. Um, I really like it, too. It's also got a lot of that moral ambiguity that I like so much. But uh, the climatic battle of that one takes place in a town. It's like they almost rebuilt Big Whiskey, in a sense, and the railroad comes through and all that. But it, 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 they had this huge dump of snow in the middle of filming, according to the, the, the making of. And so you can actually see it. They actually had to, like, burn, you know, get out the flamethrowers and burn all the snow off the set everywhere they could. But there's a whole, you know, infinite plain out to the mountains on the far side of town. So if you just look at the movie, you can see that on everything on this side of the railroad tracks, summer, <laughs> uh-huh. just the other side of the railroad tracks, like literally right in frame, snow out to the horizon. <laughs> if you know, but, but, it, but they just sort of like let it white out, and it's so featureless that it just looks like desert. Uh-huh. But if you look at it, it's like, no, that's snow. <laughs> that's <laughs> actually snow. It's, like on the, it, it's just literally where the, the other edge of the railroad track, snow to the horizon. Rather the opposite of the movie I'm working on right now, which is a Western where they had to run all the way to Wyoming to find snow because there was none to be found in California. <laughs> no, no. Not Mr. So Hughes, I found clouds. <laughs> it's, I went to, uh, I think the only time I ever went to the Grand Canyon, like on a trip with my family, and it was like, it was the middle of summer, and there was this freak blizzard <laughs> and it was like there was snow everywhere. We couldn't see into the canyon because it was full of like you snow. know mist and snow and stuff like that. It was like filled right up. It's it, it was. Did it look like a like the bottomless cavern uh, chasm from the end of Last Crusade? <laughs> yeah, because you because you oh, could. Wow. It was just Elsa all fog. just falls through. It was just all fog and snow and stuff like that. And I only had one mag- magazine to read the whole trip, so it was just miserable <laughs> all around. <laughs> Here's your split diopter yeah. shot there again. Oh, oh we were we were saying that. Yeah. You see it on her shoulder yeah. there. Yeah. Which I don't know what shape the split is. To it's just a straight line. It's just a straight vertical line. line right there. They, they've got it in the sky, right so you can see the rest the side of, of her head. Yep, yeah. basically. It's right. You can see the. Yeah, it's the, right through the rock, basically. Yeah. yeah, and most of it's in the sky, though. So it they 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 did that. Uh, one of the scenes at the campfire, they actually did the split diagonally over. Oh, wow. There was the kid cool. lying down. And then there was the split above him, and then you saw uh, Morgan Freeman. But they were lying down, so it had to be diagonal between them because otherwise it would have like split Morgan's face. Um, but and then there was another <laughs> like hers, yeah. Wah, wah. And then and then actually early on in the in the very first scene where they're cutting her up, um, there's a really quick shot, like it's practically a cutaway that I could swear is a split diopter shot, and it was probably longer, and they just cut it down. But I, I saw that the first time we were watching it, I was like, that's weird. I wonder if split diopters are going to be a thing in this movie. And then they totally were. So I was like, that seems plausible to me. But we were, we were talking more generally at that point, or I would have tried to point it out. But I didn't, I didn't catch it this time. In case you haven't heard another commentary where we talk about split diopters, it's a device that lets you focus on two things at once. Yeah. yeah. A, a foreground mm-hmm. element and background element. Normally only one of those gets to be in focus. With a split yeah. diopter, they can both be in focus. Yeah. As, as, basically- you, as you said at the time, you have bifocals for cameras. Yeah. But you have to, of course align them in the correct way the, that scene there the previous scene i again was another scene i always thought was a really strong one where you know he finally clint eastwood finally gets a look at the the horror that that he, oh, yeah. that he came to supposedly avenge and it's like oh you were okay and, and they, they ride right on by to to use a firefly term they ride right on by the fact that you're supposed to have your tits cut off you know he doesn't he doesn't like go oh you're not nearly as hacked up as i yeah. was led to believe he, he he doesn't go there you're supposed to be horrifically disfigured yeah you're, you're supposed to be like quasimodo now this is a, 
And, uh, you know, but then, like, then they get up the next morning and they continue, you know, with their mission. Yeah. To, like, well, he did, well, we came to do a job. So. I said I'd do it. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the I already signed the NDA. Yeah. Something just occurred. The amount me. of cut up you are is not going to change <laughs> yeah. the amount of money no. that's. There's uh, no sliding scale. Something just occurred to me. We're actually kind of going through a. Stick with me. We're actually kind of going through a resurgence of the original intent uh, of Westerns right now with the internet. I've seen a lot of Western web series, and I think it's for the same reason we did Westerns in the first place, which is... They're cheap? They're cheap. Yeah. Just fucking... We live in L.A. Go out... Uh, like, take, take a 45-minute drive and go off the paved road a little bit. See if there's a house nearby. No, good. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And then we've got a few guys and some hats, and we're just going to make a movie out well, here. Well, I mean, if you go to the, the Universal Backlot, they've got the, the street where it was literally like... Every you know, and and to be fair, their New York backlot is very similar. <laughs> yes. They're just like anytime you wanna you wanna shoot, just shoot that. No one's gonna notice that same damn thing as it was last week in that other movie. And uh, so so they have these the this little western town where you can just you can just shoot and It'd be cool and just it's not just the, crank them out. It's not the case, but it would have been cool if in Rango they built a CG version of the actual sl- of the lot. Uh. <laughs> so it's like, even in CG, it's the same fucking city. Yeah. Especially in the silent era, and this is a point that they used to make on the, the you know, the, the studio tour. I don't know if they do anymore because they're always kind of changing up the pattern. But in the silent movie days, there's, it's like five streets that come together in like a star point. And in the silent movie days, you didn't even have to worry about the noise everyone's making. So each of the five ones would be shooting a movie <laughs> yeah. all simultaneously. They're just <laughs> shooting different movies down different streets. And, and people like, would be like running around with palm trees and dressed up like raccoons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There'd be a wall painted like a, like a forest. And, yeah. and oh, that big Hollywood. like uh, Kansas uh, canvas rather uh, city backdrop of the Empire State Building. There's a bunch <laughs> of guys dressed up. In Trojan costumes. And, sure. Oh, Hollywood. Two showgirls walking this way, two knights in armor going the other way. A Muppet on a bike. Yeah, <laughs> Muppet on a bike, like you do. So, so then, then here we go. This is, this is the, actually the first killing. Finally, we've gotten to the first killing, and, and you know, it's a mess. <laughs> that's, that's a, like, this is just a screwed up thing, and it's the nice guy. You know, it's yeah. like, of all people, it's the nice guy who gets gut shot. So. Of course they don't they don't know that but yeah. and, and that's that's what the the kid just said he's like oh you shouldn't have cut up that whore it's like I didn't <laughs> yeah. I tried to stop it this is this is a misunderstanding this is a terrible misunderstanding <laughs> if we could just discuss this what yeah. we have here is a failure yeah. to communicate his, his friends his friends aren't coming to rescue him I mean yeah. what kind of western is this the the killers are up there they they're sniping him from cover they're like oh we got shot him but he's dead. And I, I love that bit. He's like, just shut him. Give him water. Yeah. Just he wants water. I mean, he's dying, but give him some water. Yeah. And we won't shoot you. I See, promise. There's your moral code. It's like, oh, just, oh, just give him water. We're cool. No, he's dead. We're all right. Yeah. It's, uh, and this is this is you know where Eastwood's character, again, just just because he knows, not like he's trying to teach the kid anything, but I just I, I really like him. You know, he knows. Like you sh- he's dead. He's not dead yet, but right. he's dead. You got him. He won't survive. You know, this is gonna be, this is a bummer because now he's going to be laying there screaming for a long time, but he's just as dead. That's a, that's another bit from again. I'm not sure it's the same uh, John Wayne movie, but uh, I saw it around the same time. But there's a bit where like he accident he gets in a gunfight and he shoots a guy like in the stomach, but doesn't kill him. And the guy's like totally freaking out and you know, oh my god, I'm dying, it's going to kill me. And he's like, I I don't think you are actually. I think you might be okay. But the guy totally panics and ends up. Just shoot, just killing himself to to end it, so he doesn't have to like suffer through. So he doesn't turn into a zombie like that. That's no. smart. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but 
John Wayne takes takes the body back to his family is like because because first of all he's like all right this was a misunderstanding and I don't want you to like send people after me or whatever I don't want to be dealing with that so if you want to kill me just do it now so we just get that out of the way so I don't have to be looking back over my shoulder but even he talks to the guy he's like he seemed to think that if you get shot in the if you get a, a belly shot just anywhere in the belly you're dead you teach him that he's like yeah, I told him that. He's like, well, this is your fault, too, then. <laughs> I was like, damn! damn. <laughs> that is crazy. Laying down the law there. That's nasty. It seems like overwhelmingly likely that you would die, though, because you would get sepsis. Yeah, you it's probably gonna, would It's going to pierce your intestines somewhere, and there's... It's weird. I, was, I don't remember how I learned this, but there are some amazingly disproportionate number of bacteria in your intestines compared to anywhere else in your body oh sure like it's 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 severely screwed up how dangerous your intestines are so if you nick them at all that's bad 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 and anything north of your gut is your lungs so that's bad and your spleen yeah your face totally your lungs (laughs) anything above the your liver (laughs) i was talking about body shots anything north of your if you're your stomach, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, fun Stomach's fact. But then you're going to get your the stuff in our body. We need. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it does not react well to bullets. Yeah. Some things in there don't react too well to bullets. Ooh. Yes, we learned that. Hunter in... October. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh right, because he's in the thingy. He's in the. Nah, uh, submarine the movies. Learn submarine that movies. War. There's another. There's <laughs> another trope that we don't see that much anymore. So here we go. The again, just playing with the whole thing is the, the whole. How you think the story is supposed to play out is like Morgan Freeman, like, yeah, we're let's go do we're cold blooded killers, right? No, I'm not a cold blooded. No, screw it. I'm like, I can do it. <laughs> I don't do this anymore. I'm going home. I'm gonna go be an actor. <laughs> exactly. And of course, you know, again, the movie doesn't let anything happen easily. It's like Morgan Freeman's the one who goes, I'm not into this anymore. I'm going home. He's the one who gets tortured to death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yes. Like yeah, exactly. It's like, wait, no, he was the one who said no and left. <laughs> no, the other ones are bad. Get the kid or whatever, but not not him. He didn't even shoot the gun. Yeah. And it's not like they, you know, it's not like they've got his fingerprints on the gun. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they do technically because yeah. he had it, but, but they be, don't know it's that. It's 40 years yeah. before they know to use them. Yeah. See, there you go. What's also interesting is the fact that... um at at no point and and maybe we're only kind of noticing it today because of you know politically correctness and stuff like that but really at no point does the fact that Morgan Freeman is black co- enter into it at, no. at all Not well a little bit no. in this i mean that's why the the young wannabe gunslinger doesn't like him i think that's part of it seems to he has a little bit of a southern kind of vibe to it yeah you know? i mean i think that's why he kind of writes off morgan freeman in the first place but eventually they in, in that first scene where in in the early scene with the shooting the canteen, you, there's definitely a feeling of like <laughs> he wants to say it. He wants yeah. to say the word. Yeah, I, but uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't. He didn't. He didn't go so far as to say, you know, oh, I, I I'm not riding with no Negro or whatever. You know, right. he didn't go that far. Right. It was more about the money and and I didn't say three people. I said you. You know, and and he <laughs> didn't bring that element of it into it at least explicitly explicitly yeah. he didn't and you would almost expect that to yeah. happen in the chat room uh jim wants to know uh what we think the the message is here the, the theme of this movie in particular and what does that say about us and about westerns don't do drugs kids yeah stay off the pipe i, I don't w- cut up horse don't don't cut up horse <laughs> I, I think yeah he states the theme pretty clearly <laughs> yeah. in the last scene don't cut up or otherwise likewise abuse no horse um, which I think is a strong message to send the kids today. It really is. But um, I, 
I, I would characterize it now, kind of spitballing it, but uh, I think it is about the. This really doesn't qualify as a theme, I guess. The what the thing that I'm thinking of, but uh, it's you know it's about the unauthorized glamorizing of something that's very unglamorous, and how we just we seem to want that that we want to take something that's fundamentally awful and not particularly noble or brave and try and like fit it into a narrative that into makes a us mold. Li- yeah. that makes us like it and it, go yeah that's that's good taking yeah. taking reality and fitting it into a, a preconceived box of, of this story and, and to the point where it no longer carries any truth to it well, anymore it's, and, and it's like you said um before i think you know the the uh, Beauchamp is is a, an example of it and it's like we we want to tell ourselves stories we want to tell ourselves white hat, black hat stories where they are clearly bad, so and, and we I'm are clearly, clearly good. Right. Yeah. So anything that I do is good, and and what they're doing is bad. And there's a very clear line that where where I know I'm good, and they know they're bad. And it's like, but no, but it, not today, not before. <laughs> when we when we like to tell stories about, never has that been the case. Right. That that it's that simple and that black. And you're and gonna white. live your life, and people, you may end up with a story about your life, but that's if that's the story that you end up with, that's not going to be the truth. Right. I think Trey had it in the beginning when he said it's about reality versus perception. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I think it's. I think what it's you just about, said was a subset of that too. I think it's about the the fantasy versus the the reality. It's the you know we tell ourselves these these fantasy stories the to that give us the, or keep allow us the sense of entitlement of oh I'm the good guy or I'm right and you know I get to feel this way about myself. But that's the fantasy, and that's not the reality. And this is this is telling yeah. you this is what the reality is. I mean, I mean, I guess the the pithy way of putting what we've we've all just said is is I guess the the theme would probably be there are no heroes and there are no villains. There are just people, and we're all fucked up in different ways. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to think just now of who in the movie does the right thing, and it's the guy who got killed just now with his horses and him trying to stop yeah. the guy killing the horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's also yeah, the first person to die is <laughs> the best, the closest yeah. person to a hero in this movie. Yeah. And then I think next down the line would be Morgan Freeman. Yeah, in terms of he doesn't actually do anything particularly bad, bad. right? He's, yeah. he, he basically gets by on a technicality. Yeah, the kid's about to cross the line here, but that's going to be his turning point. Um, yeah. As well, said, he, the, the way he, he, is, as soon as he kills a guy yeah, in a porta potty, yeah, it's like as soon as he kills him, he's like, ah, that's I don't want to ever do that again. Yeah. Um, and I, I it's it's. We, you said that earlier that his 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 uh, performance was a little, didn't quite make it for you. I I do like when he's he's getting drunk under the tree yeah. and he's, he has that monologue about uh, you know I killed him. You know, and he's like he's like practically like giggling. He's he's like lost his mind over. I just killed a guy. I killed him. I killed that guy. Totally killed and, him. And I and I didn't know him. Yeah. And he hadn't done anything to me. Yeah. And I just totally killed him. And he was pooping. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> and I'm I suck. I suck yeah. as a human being. I'm the I'm awful yeah. and I hate me and I hate you because you did this all the time. Yeah. And I thought that was awesome and now I don't. Yeah. I really I do like his uh, his yeah, performance. That, that is a good moment. Definitely. That's a that's a great bit. And then of course there's the handoff of the of the alcohol also happens and that's yeah. a, that's a great scene in general. I, I love I I do it's it's got my favorite line I think in the movie. Um, where he says, yeah. basically, I never killed anyone before. Well, you killed the hell out of that guy back there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other good line uh, Harold pointed out earlier is, I thought I was dead. It turns out I was just in Nebraska. Yep. That's a good funny line. The the, the iconic line is, uh, um, get off my lawn. No, that's that's another movie. Is uh, there's, two, there's two. One is, do you de- feel lucky? Punk? One is, deserves got nothing to do with it, which yeah. if anything states the theme of the movie, yeah. that's the theme of yeah. the movie. Yeah. 
is deserves get nothing to do with it in any way, shape, or form of anything. Uh, deserving is not an issue in this world. Um, and then he has, uh, there's one other line he says, uh, that it's not coming to me right now, but it, whatever the context is when it comes up, he has another good pithy, yeah. Uh, pith- oh, well, I do like his, I really love his monologue to Little Bill when he shows up. Um, because we, we talked about this at some point before. I think I mentioned it when I was trying to sell you, sell you guys this movie way back when, but he walks into Little Bill and, and Little Bill tries to like, oh, you're William Money, you're that, you know, terrible killer. And he goes, yes. <laughs> in essence, that would be me. Yeah. I am the terrible killer. And I've got a gun on you. <laughs> Who's come to kill you. Yeah. So there you go. I've killed women and children and everything that walks or crawls, and I've come to kill you. Yeah. So now we're clear, right? <laughs> we're all clear on what this is. Nice just, to meet you. Yeah. Just so we're just so we're clear, no miscommunication. <laughs> yeah. That is totally what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, so so that's that's cool, right? We're up to speed. We're good. We can move on. All right, that's fine. Now, of course, but, but and, and also ahead. just before the line, the the you know deserves got nothing to do with it. Yeah. There's also the the bit where, as much as uh uh you know, little Bill has been talking to this author, and he's like, "Let me set the record straight, and this is how it is, and people don't really like that, and blah blah." blah. He's still got the romantic idea in his head. He's like, no, but my story doesn't end shitty and stupid. (laughs) I'm a hero. I'm the hero of my own story, and this is not how I'm supposed to go out. And he said his line is, I'm building a house. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, the the, the other line is, um, the the kid says, uh, um, he had it coming, I guess, and and money goes, we all got it coming. Mm -hmm. That's that's my other. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. Great line. So here he goes. (laughs) He's about to shoot a guy in the outhouse. He's in, a hero. In cold blood. <laughs> in cold blood. Super cold blood. Welcome to the world of being an assassin. Yeah. So somebody needs to make the Unforgiven for like ninjas. Uh-huh. Where it's like ninjas because ninjas are so cool. And we're like, yeah, they... They really just of, spent like 48 hours, the last 50 hours in a pond, right? Yeah, they <laughs> ate a lot of rice and then they probably went, you know, when the guy was in the Japanese equivalent of an outhouse, they probably stabbed guys. And You know where they go when they disappear? They disappear, you know that? You know where <laughs> they go? The DMV. <laughs> That's true. Ninjas suck. It totally suck, man. Now the it's actually almost surprising when he actually does it. Yeah, because there's they that do whole that, hesitation. They do let that moment hang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's like, well, you shoot him if you're gonna if you're gonna do it. Let's do this. Now, when this movie came out, I remember one thing very distinctly because the the way they cut the trailer, and this is gonna shock you that they used to cut trailers deceptively, um, <laughs> but this is how they did it in the old days, kids. It looked like a comedy. It, no, not like with, a comedy. Jack Nicholson, but they made it look like they made it look like Dirty Harry, an old school. They made it look like just plain nice. old. Clint Eastwood's doing another western, and the way and the way they uh, the way they did it, the tagline, the closest they could come to a tagline that felt like it's Dirty Harry in the old west, it's Clint Eastwood back to form, was the way they cut it together was they cut um, blam 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 Clint Eastwood blam 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 and all that the build up, um, and then Hackman saying you just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. Unforgiven. Which is like, well, in context, you're getting a different picture of that scene from those lines. But that was the tagline. That was, that was, they put that like, that's the new make my day, yeah. is he should have armed himself. That is, that there, is a good line. It's not yeah, a thematic yeah. line, which is what we were talking about. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. that, is a, but in, that is a really but, good... But in context, it's like, you just shot an unarmed man. We've all got it coming. Would have even been better than yeah. that. Yeah, we all got it coming. Yeah. That would have been the honest way. That's not reassuring. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a reassuring message for the folks at home. They, they were now, they were selling they were they were selling the Hollywood movie. They were selling yeah. the fantasy. Like here's the here's the Clint Eastwood movie you love. Yeah, he's gonna shoot the bad guys. Yeah, he's gonna come to the, the White House and shoot the black hats, and yeah. it's gonna be this great. And that's not what the movie was, obviously. Right, so here we go. 
He's <laughs> right. This, you know, I was when we were watching this the other day. It occurred to me. Uh, I asked them. I don't know about Trey. Trey, have you ever drank dark whiskey? Have you ever had that before? It well, is fucking awful. What would be a dark whiskey? Like, like, like whiskey a, that is deep brown as opposed to kind yeah. of a kind of a rosy probably brown. The, probably the hardest I've ever is Jack Daniels, I guess. Yeah, which is probably ja- yeah, Jack more, more is, filtered. Yeah, well, the, 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 the like old fuck. Oh shit! Stop! Stop it! <laughs> it's the color of syrup kind of whiskey. It probably is not. So strong and awful. And in these movies, it is kind of and you know. You build up a tolerance. I'm, I'm assuming you. I do. used to be that way with like wine. I'd be like, ugh, ugh. no, no. So. I guess you're right, but like I can. I mean, it doesn't phase me when they do it with rum in the pirates movies because it's like that's rum. You can kind of that, that doesn't take that long to get your mind around. Oh, weird and swallow, and it kind of makes your mouth smell good for a second. It's ah, oh, rum. Whiskey is just like blam. Yeah. <laughs> they they weren't drinking flavored rum in the pirates movies. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't Malibu coconut. Rum. Yeah, no, no, Ooh, like, cinnamon, like one fifty one and everything. It's, yeah. it's it's the the thing about rum is it's gin, cinnamony. I guess gin, it's got yeah. it's got. I a, certainly prefer rum to whiskey. Yes, yeah. I, yeah. I, I do too. Yeah. Absolutely. I've been on a whiskey kick lately, and even I would not be able to just like <laughs> I could do I could do a, a couple shots of whiskey straight, but I couldn't just take the bottle and go. Lub, lub, lub. Breathe. Lub, lub, lub. It's like oh fuck me, man. Yeah, well, this is when men were men. And, and the Chinese did laundry. I don't know. <laughs> the Chinese did laundry. Well, that's why I'm a vodka man. Because <laughs> vodka doesn't have that awful taste to it. Gin is lovely. We should watch a movie that has gin in it. Mm. I like gin. I don't like gin. Why not? It's like drinking a Christmas tree on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it is. It's that juniper thing yeah. going on. Yeah. Do you like tequila? I do like tequila. It's like tasting a broken cactus. Wah, <laughs> <laughs> And literally, and sake is like going to Japan and having a drink. No, tequila's <laughs> made out of cacti. <laughs> tequila's made out of cacti. I I don't understand this game anymore. <laughs> and and vodka is like peeling a potato and then drinking it. Yeah, yeah, like squeezing it and fermenting it and boiling it and yeah. then filtering it and then drinking the results. No vodka. That's what that's what vodka's like. <laughs> vodka's just sort of Bernie water. <laughs> I, I feel like perhaps we're not uh, technically in metaphor <laughs> land anymore. <laughs> I was just saying. I think I we've I think we've lost the thread of this. I think that's a, I think that's a that's, there's a I sketch, think that's a very there's accurate. There's a sketch in there somewhere. <laughs> the people who didn't get the idea of metaphors. It's like, oh yeah, a car. That's like taking oil out of the ground and like refining it and putting it in some kind of internal combustion engine and using it to like do errands. That's what a car is, man. That's like I think it was Fuck. a Josh Molina tweet not too long ago. Was, I think it was one of my favorite <laughs> tweets. It's difficult to describe an emotionally deep onion without resorting to obvious metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, good scene. Yeah, she's she's taking her time on that horse, but she'll get. There. I know it almost feels like <laughs> she's that she's been riding, but then of course she's she's riding in a strong in a in a looping thing because she doesn't want to ride right at them and give right. away their position. So they have this whole conversation while she's riding halfway across town and back to get there. It, it'll, it's almost like the that bit in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail where it keeps cutting back to, <laughs> running to Lancelot coming over the hill. So this is, you know... When I was younger, I thought that was dumb. Then I thought it was hilarious <laughs> once I finally understood what was going it. on. Yeah. yeah. The... Uh, this is where the this is where the, a lot of people who were waiting for, you know, when does this turn... When does this movie get good? 
It's like, okay, it's about to get good. If that's when does you, he go on the rampage? That's what you came for. Here it comes. This is your turn. If that's what you came for, I, I regret to inform yeah. you, you've entirely missed the point. Yes. You blame the marketing department. We did not. Yeah. That was the trailer they put out. Yeah. And, well, I contend that there's a parallel to be made here between, uh, I know you guys don't like it, but, but with uh, Inglorious Bastards. I think I can Inglorious see that. Bastards yeah. is doing the same thing. I haven't Inglorious seen it, Bastards, so I have no idea. Inglorious Bastards, the marketing was like, watch Brad Pitt scalp Nazis for two hours. And then the movie, I think the point of the movie is going, you wanted to watch Brad Pitt scalp Nazis, and that makes you a bad person. No, I don't. I don't believe that that movie did that. If the movie had done that, I'd like it. If it was like, if it was like, no, that's terrible. These are terrible people, and how dare you spend money? You don't excited think it did that? that happen? No. All right. I think the movie was like, oh yeah, I guess Brad Pitt's in here. Oops, forgot about him. <laughs> See, neither the ad campaign nor you are making me interested in seeing that movie. Yeah. Still, I still have found not found a way to get interested in seeing that movie. He's going to take that bottle any second. It's my favorite moment well, in the whole movie. What's also what's also pretty amazing is uh, Morgan Freeman, off-screen death. Yeah. Not yeah, even yeah. a thing. Yeah. Like, like you can almost, you almost want to be like, no, she's lying. Yeah, no, this is some if kind that of thing. Really, if that really happened, we would have seen it yeah. because he's important. It, yeah. it makes you have the same reaction that Eastwood has because yeah. Eastwood's like, no, you no, like, he, that he can't went the other right. way that yeah. you've got something wrong. Yeah. It yeah. can't be right. And, but, and the audience member goes, no, we, they would have shown that. They would have shown that. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but and, and that's the whole thing. It's like, no, no, you're like Eastwood and how it is in real life. When people <laughs> die, you're probably not there. Yeah. You're just going to hear about it from someone else, and maybe you'll see their body later. No yeah. last words, and you can't apologize. That's it. That's done. And, yeah. and you don't see uh, Morgan Freeman's body until, like, the last shot of the film. It's like No, you it's, go, it's when he's going to. It's oh, going to come up very soon. Okay. Yeah. It, that's what makes it shocking because it, it makes you, like, it does a reveal. Yeah. Where you go, see, it's not, son of a, What? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, how it's he's just dead. So this is like, yeah, this must be a trap or something. And Morgan Freeman's yeah. gonna ride in like the cavalry yeah. at the end. I saw that in the Silverado. They did that. Yeah, Kevin Costner's character did that. Yeah, there's the quiet drinking, yeah. and he's like, okay, yeah. who did this? Yeah, <laughs> what, what were their names? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's uh, time to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I just did my Popeye thing. <laughs> I drank the whiskey, Ow. and now I have powers. <laughs> I'm going to go kill the hell. I've now everyone. gone from Clint Eastwood to being Dirty Harry with no name, <laughs> yes. and it's time to go to work. I'm Popeye the killer, man. So even the kid's scared of him now, like, oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, wait. He's, he's like, I've see, been in a movie with Clint Eastwood see, all along. He's seeing the aura now, like, oh, I see your killer aura has started to glow. Yeah. The force is strong with you. Oh, this is what I came to you for and do not want. <laughs> yes, do not want. <laughs> 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 no me gusta. <laughs> yep. I'm so proud of Jim in the chat room, who's like, every time we've gone off on a tangent, he's like, like giving me leading questions, like, so what did this movie mean? And shit like that to <laughs> get us back. Uh, and he has a question now that we were just talking about the movie, but uh, we did, actually were for a change. I think the answer is no. But okay. Did, 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 did Unforgiven forty to fifty percent? Did Unforgiven spawn uh, any particular trend or movement in in movies? And I think the answer is no, because westerns yep. have been kind of gone. Yeah, it, but it but still the, was they came back yeah. kind of fifteen years later. The deconstruction so, really. thing, maybe you could make an argument, but I don't know the pattern of those yeah. kinds of movies well enough to act, to make that argument. Well, this was ninety two. Were there any westerns yeah. in the eighties that did, mattered? It did not open the floodgates for back to the a bunch three. of westerns. Yeah. By the way, I, I think made the comment when we watched this. I was like, really, we. 
he's like, all right, so, you know, take my part uh, back to my kids and tell them, you know, I love them or whatever the hell that they, the conversation they just had. We don't have subtitles. And he's like, okay, and rides away. It's like, did I have to come all the way back to town? For <laughs> yeah, you to, in the rain to have that conversation? It's I cold. I could have been halfway there by now if you just told me that that's what you wanted me to do. This is, boy, this is, a, as, as Joss Whedon would say, this is a Jack Green special, the way this town's lit right now. Oh, yeah. Two torches and one, one flood in the background, and if the rest is black, it's black. That's how it goes. The Prince of Darkness. And this... Uh, okay, th- so you do get it on yeah. its way yeah. out. Though. Going to... Going to like, it's not going to be more... Just, yeah. God damn it. And going to what you were saying about, this feels like something you would see in a pirate movie. Yes. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Actually, yeah. You see someone in a coffin being like, pirate, you know, yeah. is what happens to pirates. But it's not like, a pirate who, whose name appears above the title. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, true enough. Oh, I love this this uh, subversion, which we've seen since then. Certainly, where which one? it's like where the cavalry is like, all right, we're gonna go out, <laughs> we're gonna hunt these guys, blah blah blah, and there would be a movie where they're tra- tracking them down, and you know they're running away, and he's like, hey, sup guys, <laughs> uh, were you about to go look for me? Because I'm I'm here. Uh, we can just we can just do we're this now. Wrap this all up right here. Yeah. yeah, right here, right now. I got a movie in an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna save you some time. This film was shot in 39 days. That's Eastwood. Fucking Christ. We yeah. got it. Move yeah. on. Got it moving on. 39 days is very fast. Very For fast. a Western? Oh, yeah. 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 Just getting a horse in front of a camera takes a day. Yeah. <laughs> getting a horse to appear and reflect photons at all <laughs> yes. is like an hour well, the, in the morning they, every day. Seriously, well, they gestate for at least five months. So I was, there's that. I was thinking that pretty much the entire time we were watching War Horse. I gotta say, <laughs> how did they get a War Horse? Well, War Horse for me was a going off on a complete tangent right now. But <laughs> there's it horses. Was, it was a coffee and bagels movie. I was like, this took so much goddamn work. Yeah. yeah, so much work to make these horses do any of these things. I haven't seen it. And why? Yeah. I, I haven't seen War Horse, but I know there's a scene where he's tangled up in barbed wire, and yes. that's yeah. a really impressive animatronic. It's like a puppety animatronic, yeah, yeah, mechanical good, horse. It's a pretty good puppet. Yeah, I gotta say. I saw I saw footage of them playing with it, yeah. and I'm like, "Blue." There's, there's actually a really good horse CGI for one yeah. segment. Segment that's like, I, I can still tell, but it's like that's yeah. really good. Where he flies across the moon, <laughs> <laughs> with a kid well, on his back. Yeah, and no, he, w- JFK with a sword. The the sequence where he's basically running. <laughs> Obama through, jumping a shark. Yeah, <laughs> the sequence where he's basically running through the war yeah. is right before the barbed wire part, where he's yeah. like running along the trenches and shit's blowing up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. Um, anyway, he just totally shot the bartender. He totally shot the bartender. Blood. Yeah, who, uh, who's, uh, who's uh, only mildly a douche. Yeah, and he's you know, like, okay, kill him. Good. Then there's the, that was where the line comes. It's uh, you know, like, well, you yeah. just shot an armed man. Well, he should arm himself. The rest of the line that wasn't in the trailer was he should arm himself. He's going to decorate his saloon with my friend. Yeah. You know, that's that's the rest of the line, which actually kind of justifies the killing. Yeah, almost. exactly. Oh, but, then you're like, because because at first you're like, wait, why do you shoot him first? Yeah. And then it's like. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. I that would I'd be pissed too. But that's why this I love you know the the way that Saul Rubinek is going at it here that you know he's like he's like oh this is gonna be awesome. Yeah. He's like this is I'm gonna get a whole series of books out of this shit. He's like actually amped up as about about. I what's finally about to get happen. to be in the room as yeah, it's happening. I get to see the shit go down. He's like trying to like I I, I don't want to get shot, but I want to see what happens. The chat room resolved this, but if there was someone in the chat that didn't know, maybe there's someone listening who didn't know either. Uh, a coffee and bagels movie, it generally refers to a movie that is 
bad or something oh, yeah, you're not I enjoying. I need to add that to the glossary. Yes, yes you it's, do. It's, it's something you don't like that much, and then what you can only think well, of it gets, is... It gets, it, it's something that is gets so bad that it takes you out of the movie thinking, th- like, Someone movies woke don't up. happen by accident. Someone this woke up crew. and boiled coffee and cut bagels yeah. for the people to have the strength to make this, and that guy, the guy who did the coffee and bagels, poor him. Yeah. Fucking, well, just, he was just, just waking up to help make this yeah that's the i mean that's the that's the rest of the Patton oswald bit that i essentially got the name from but it's just it's just the idea that like God. there was a whole machine that had to be put into place catering oh, woke yeah. up at dawn to make to do this, this happen movie. thousands and thousands of man hours and dozens or hundreds like for instance of people. And, right and to make this yeah like on purpose they made this bear right in mind in front of me. somebody's job for probably like a month and a half maybe two months was to wake up every morning and wash and like wipe down the surfaces on the on the crafty truck and put out some oranges and make coffee so they could make brats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, or brats like, the movie. Or like a, okay, someone had to wake up at dawn for two months to help make brats. Or like a, a friend of ours who worked on Santa Claus Three and his job yeah. for several months was to hold an air hose under uh, Tim Allen's latex makeup to keep him cool. Right, and that was his job for several months. All right. That's oh. a coffee and bagels moment. That's a yeah. coffee and bagels so moment. The, the, the moment. The moment is the one in... The, a coffee and bagels moment is the moment where you were like, Ugh! Like, it hits you so hard <laughs> that you, you just stop paying you, attention you to the You stop movie. watching the movie and you start pitying the people who made it. Yes, exactly. And then a coffee and bagels movie is when that happens f- out the outset. <laughs> the yeah, second yeah. you see that the movie even yeah. exists on a poster, you're like, wow. Oh. Yeah. I hope they get paid. Yeah. I just hope they get paid a lot. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Yeah. yeah. So, and, I, and I know some of the people involved. In that <laughs> too. And so, they would, I, mean, I literally said, a friend of mine, Tippett Studio, did the did the, at least the first one. I don't know if they've done more, but they, they, also, do the, no. they also do the Cats and Dogs movies. But I remember bumping into my friend Blair uh, from Tippett, who still works there still to this day. And I was like, I, I bumped into him on the Disney lot when I was doing a project there. And, and then he said, I said, hey, what are you doing on the Disney lot? Oh, I'm here because I'm working with these guys in the, the writer's room. And it's like, what are you doing here? And it's like his voice dropped almost to a subaudible level. <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua. What, what was that? What'd what? you say? What? <laughs> Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Just looking at some dailies. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. That's a thing. Hmm. Yeah. But hey. Is, is it, it perchance about little dogs? <laughs> is it what dogs I think with, it is? With, with Hollywood yeah. attitudes? It is, yeah. Oh, boy. Is, yeah. is the check clearing? Yeah. Well, now, that's right. yeah, There you go. None of, which, none of which is to say is referring to this movie. No, no, no. This is to not go. one of those We're movies. We're not saying no, this no, is no, a no. coffee maker. No, but uh, I just had an idea. We always say that there's no bad idea. It's just all about how you do it. There's actually a really good idea for a movie for Beverly Hills Chihuahua, like Paris Hilton's dog. <laughs> you can okay. make that work. You okay. can make that awesome. Like Fair a really enough. great commentary. Well, you, yes, exactly. I am a dog that was purchased... Purely for decorum. Yeah. And I'm living in this insipid world. Yeah, but, if it, but, if but it, I crave substance and depth exactly. in, in my life. If, it, if the dog is looking around going, this is retarded, no, if what Paris is Hilton's happening? dog goes home and does great art. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, Paris Hilton and, and writes deep novels of yeah. the stories of their life. Paris Hilton's dog is just like, I'm it, in hell. It, it's it just blogs. Com- it has complete. a blog. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're missing the climax. We're missing the great moment Sorry. here. So, so Beauchamp, it's, again... To me, this is where the, the the movie comes together, you know, thematically. Is you know, Beauchamp is trying. He wants so bad to like, okay, oh, you're my, you're the real deal. I'm, you're gonna be the star of my new book, and 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 money's like, no, get out, Fuck go it. away. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't do no, none of that. Get out. The the absolute worst thing that you could do to me right now is make people think I'm awesome. Yeah, that or, would be or, or remember my fucking name. Yeah, that's the, that's my problem to begin with, is that people know who I am. Yeah, and think of me this way. Yeah. 
But um, I also like the bit where he's clearly outnumbered, but he's like, anyone who doesn't want to die, get the fuck out. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to. And that's, and that's, the, that's again, the, th- the, the way the theme works is like half of, half of his ability is that they think he has this great ability. Yeah. yeah. He right. cleared half the room without firing a shot by going, you know who I am. Yeah. That is among very few really great moments from Austin Powers 3, of all things, where Michael Caine is playing Austin Powers' dad. Like, he's the Sean Connery to Austin Powers' Harrison Ford, right? And he comes into the the secret lair of the bad guy in in a Bond movie, and he takes down all the henchmen except for one. And Michael Caine just looks at him, he's like, What's your night? You don't even know. Just, just fall down. <laughs> did you, did you see, see what I did, I did to, to the other guys? ones? <laughs> just lie down. <laughs> and the guy lies down. He's like, he just puts on his gun. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy went home that day and was like, yes. Ooh, I got out of that one pretty yeah. easy. That was good. Always be the last guy. Just, if you can. just honey, just, you're just lie not going to believe the day at work I had. Yeah. Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. I killed Michael Caine with an axe to the face. <laughs> so. But, uh, but it's, but at the same time, you know, it's. It's a very reasonable, real-world thing where it's like, all right, he can't kill all of us, but he'll probably get at least one, yeah, and there's nothing to keep yeah, it yeah. from being I me. I don't want yeah. it to be me. Yeah. yeah. So that's the problem. We've done, s- we've, done, we've done, as a society, we've done self-aware space movies, and we've done self-aware musicals, and we've done self-aware everything. Have we, done, have, we, have we done a self-aware cowboy movie at any point? Well, what like, do you mean by self-aware? Like Shaun of the Dead. Like Shaun of the Dead self-aware. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. Maybe. I mean, it's a oh, comedy, but it is doing the truth. A really, like, deconstructionist. Like a Galaxy Quest or a Shaun of the Dead Western. Yeah, a Western that, that a Western that's not a spoof, but is still recognizing itself for what it is. I don't know. I don't think so. None are coming um, to mind. Because I, uh, I think part of the, the self-awareness aspect has to be um, with Galaxy Quest, with, with Shaun of the Dead. It's like, they've seen sci-fi shows. They've seen zombie movies. Oh, and you they can't know have seen that, a West- yeah, and you you went, We could have read Western books. I suppose that's, they, yeah, I mean, that's, that's where all this. this. Yeah. That's where all of those, you know, the mythos of the time, right. even at the time, came from. And that's, that's what the duck of death is. People and all reading little, you know, serial adventures of Billy the Kid and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. When, you know, and then you meet Billy the Kid and he's awful. But to that extent, I think that's well. Then I I would say that's what this is. And on a low level, the ver- the the movie you're talking about is the movie that follows the Schofield kid the whole time. Um. To the, to that about, extent, no, never mind. I was going to say the assassination of Jesse James, but no, no, that's just a straight western. Yeah, that's just a little kid with a worship thingy for a yeah. guy who sucks. That's a that's a straight western that that does a number of the same things as as this movie. is I doing. like the assassination, of, and that that movie is four hours long. Yeah, that movie is yeah. so long. Yeah. I I, that's, I couldn't that's get through a slow it. One. I, I got about forty five minutes into that's that. Very, one. I, I was expecting. Did you get to Sam Rockwell showing up? Don't recall, but I, don't I was think expect so. I was expecting this to be that. Which I just is remember I was there was a guy myself. in a tub yes, in, all the time. I agree with that. Yeah. There was a guy sitting in a tub for a long time, and I was like, I, you know, back to, Net- that, back to Netflix with you, Disc. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Get out of there, Disc. <laughs> you are not a movie. You, <laughs> you are, are a Disc. You are not a Western. You are a guy in a tub. <laughs> <laughs> I just was thinking about that moment because right there was... As, I, I think as close to those moments as you get. Because after the big shoot-up in the bar, you know, the hero walks out, and then some Nancy boy shoots him from across the street. Yeah. And he had that moment where he's like, all right, I'm coming out. If I even see a gun, I'm going to fucking kill everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right? I'm going to come out now. Nobody shoot me, please. Yeah. It's, it's like it would be the equivalent of that moment in Jurassic Park where the guy goes, there's a raptor to the left of me, isn't there? And he turns over. As yeah. opposed to, fuck, I didn't think of that. You know, right. That's the equivalent. Is there's yeah. probably going to be a raptor to the left of me because I know how this is going to go. And then, again, oh, there he is. Again, the, theme, the thematic thing is, is 
he he's basically doing it like an advertising like that's right i'm way money i can kill anything that i want to yeah. i will kill your whole town i'll kill your family i'll kill your grandchildren <laughs> i want to see the being there of westerns yeah. exactly i yeah, this kind of so he's <laughs> well, like he's like and they're like and they're like you know they clearly could kill him they could have killed him they could ambush him oh, at yeah. any time he's on a guy on a horse he's riding through town real slow and they're just like so batshit scared of him he had to, they don't do it. He had to embrace this thing that he was resisting the whole time in order to save himself. He didn't yeah. want he, his whole thing. I mean, you know, he's like, I'm not that person anymore. I don't want to be thought of as that person anymore. I don't want to be remembered as that person. And what saves him in the end is like, <laughs> you know that person? Totally me. No. Don't, totally me. You Hi, right over here. William Money, don't forget the name. Yeah. William what? Bang! Yeah. <laughs> 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 Let that be a lesson to the rest of you. Yeah. <laughs> now you'll remember it. And I'm, I do lo- do love that bit where they're totally they totally are going to shoot shoot him and it's like, no nah, dog. I just, <laughs> yeah, I just you shoot him. You <laughs> No, you want to be in the you want to be in the history book, you shoot William Money. Unforgiven is uh I think if I for instance, I being and I use myself as the example because the example requires someone who is kind of ignorant of westerns, I think if someone said, "Hey, you have a movie podcast, what western should I watch?" I would go, uh have you seen The Good Bad and the Ugly and Dirty Harry? All right, watch Unforgiven. Dirty Harry's not a Western. Dirty Harry isn't? No. no. Dirty Harry is a cop. It's a no. contemporary crime What am I drama. thinking of? Oh, The Man Without a Name. Man Without yeah. a Name, yeah. Which is right. not a movie either, but it's a character in three movies. Yeah. What were the movies? Good, Bad, and the Ugly, Fistful of Dollars, and a Few Dollars More. A Few Dollars More, right. Anyway. So really, you just... Have you seen Good, Bad, and the Ugly? Have you seen The Western? Okay, then watch Unforgiven. I haven't seen... Spaghetti Western, that's what those are. And Richard Harris. I forgot. Weird. Anyway. This is, you know, this is... If you want to see a good Western, here it is. Uh, and the Western vibe doesn't really speak to me that much. I've appreciated it in bits and pieces before, and I think I like of all the. Well, I think I like True Grit more than this. I, you know, I, I'm just I don't I'm not attracted to westerns or kung fu movies particularly, so I don't know a lot of them. So I don't you know, and I'm sure there's really great ones out there. I just don't know about them. I just know that this is good, and it also doesn't really speak to me that much. But it is crazy to see all those guys that haven't aged at all, <laughs> <laughs> including Saul Rubinek, who yeah. looks exactly yeah. the same. That's anyway. because they sleep in vats of dark whiskey. B Ryan F Nifter. Um, yeah, I'm kind of the same. But like, I can very easily look at this and go, "Yeah, this is an amazingly put together, directed, acted, written. Everything is just all cylinders." And yet, well, and I and I also <laughs> I I do want to say, you know, the act, the thematic business, the thematic going on, I'm completely on board with this idea of the power of storytelling and, and storytelling as you know, st- what when storytelling is telling you a lie versus when storytelling is telling you a truth and how you know you have to make sure. You know which is which, and you can't be deceived. I mean, you'll be d- deceived and destroyed by a story that's telling you something that's false. But then there is an interesting bit. I know we're wrapping up, but there's an interesting bit to be said about when people believe the story strongly enough, that becomes yeah. the reality. It, you it's, know, it's, and that's what that's how he gets out of the situation. Which is one yeah. of the other classic quotes from a classic western that uh, was was a little darker than your average western. But the man who shot Liberty Valance, which is all about finding out who shot Liberty Valance <laughs> and and the person who is becomes famous for shooting Liberty Valance is not the guy who shot Liberty Valance spoiler but that's where we get the last line is uh, is that everyone knows that the wrong person has been you know become become this uh, become the the hero of the story and and uh, the line from that is when the when the when the when the, when, the, when the legend out when the legend overtakes the truth, print the legend. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm, I'm misquoting it probably, but that's the idea. Yeah, the, 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 and, and it's a newspaper guy who says it. Who <laughs> says he said, "Well, we can't. You know, we know this. We can't run the story. It's not true." And he goes, "Well, but this is the story everyone thinks is true. Yeah. So we're going to run that." Story. Well, it's the line from Citizen Kane. You deliver the photos, sir, and I'll, I'll deliver, deliver the, the war. war. Yeah, which which is a not just version. a line from Citizen Kane. That's a 
It's the actual William Hurst. Randolph Hearst. Actual Hearst line. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's you know, <laughs> go read George Orwell if you haven't already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, freaky. Anyway, anyway, anyway but uh, yeah, going back to that that idea and the the power of storytelling and you know, all all of that. But at the end of the day, I didn't grow up on westerns. Uh, just as much of a masterful presentation of that theme and idea and deconstruction of the western genre that this is, I don't have the twenty years of love already so what i would love is to take this essential thematic quality Ooh. and translate it on like well like what you were saying put yeah. this put this into space and i would dude, be on board dude, let's get harrison ford to play the anti han solo yes in, in, in a, a space western. Yes. western Ooh. yes yes yeah, yeah. shut it down that right would now. be his unforgiven yes. shut it down right would now totally we- be his unforgiven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no cut that part out cut that part out we gotta <laughs> pitch, we're pitching this. in a circle we're pitching that <laughs> anyway all right so mike um, uh, I, what was it? Un, given. Yeah. Um, I like the. Oh, I actually the sequel on five given. <laughs> yeah. It's oh. called Fast Five. By the time yeah. they got to Unseven Given, it fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and Vin Diesel showed up, and The Rock was in it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that was. Th- then they called it Unseven. I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> two cool. on two given. Anyway. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Go on. Um. Dude. The Unforgiven. Also, by the way, it's dedicated to Sergio and Don. Sergio Leone and Don... Uh, Henley. Yeah, no. Don uh, the <laughs> Johnson. Director of Dirty Halley, Don, Don Siegel. Ah, uh, yeah. So. Um, Carry on. Han. Anyway, uh, yeah, I like it. I, I, I actually kind of like it more after this conversation because <laughs> I'm like, oh, totally see what's going on even better than, than uh, you know, watching it before because I was like, I like it, but, eh. but now I'm like, oh, it's like totally doing stuff and I appreciate that. <laughs> um, so... Uh, I might actually like a good hooker. Oh, yeah. she's totally doing State stuff. State Farm is hey. there. <laughs> yeah. It's not just lying there letting me have at it. All right, <laughs> give me some cookies. This movie's doing stuff. It's bringing something yeah. to this table. There's we cookies. are we are having movie, we're not having just movie. getting movie. I didn't just get movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what the diff? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, I got to bring back a lot of stuff just now, so that <laughs> yeah. that made it a good commentary. Call back. Um, but uh, anyway, I. I feel like I probably you appreciate would. it. I do appreciate it, and I feel like I probably want to watch the real commentary and and you know see some of this other stuff. It is, and, which I, and I, see I, a lot of the background. Richard Schickel, I, I said in other podcasts, I would, we're talking about commentaries. I, I, I mistakenly said Richard Corliss, who was the other Time Magazine <laughs> reviewer, but it's Richard Schickel, as you see, and it's a worthwhile commentary to listen to. Yeah, I'll, I'll want to check it out. So, uh, yeah, good movie, and uh, one I actually probably not like super often, but one I'll probably revisit now. This is uh, this is interesting because thousands of people will hear this commentary, or at least they they'll, they'll, they'll see this <laughs> if you like, say like so. in space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thousands of people will thousands hear this. of hits will appear on this commentary. Uh, go on immediately and in the future because the Down in Front Archive will exist forever until forever. we uh, we catch fire. It's on a golden record. We're <laughs> shooting it into space. <laughs> That's right. Um, and the majority of those listeners will be probably in their we'll say mid-teens to early 30s, and may or may not have actually uh, even heard of Unforgiven, much less seen it, and might have just seen it on the recommendation of Down in Front. And that's Trey's fault. That's right. Are you proud of this? You are among that number, everyone at this table. Yeah, exactly. Uh, You know, your contribution here has been, everyone has now seen Unforgiven. That's right. You son of a bitch. That's right. Well, it was certainly popular in the chat room. Why uh, do you like it so much? I I like it because it's, it's... Ambiguous, and I love ambiguous movies because I like it when you know movies tell me unsettling things, and that's why that's why what's interesting about to me is that it's yeah it's a western, 
in that that's the genre it is. But it's not a Western because it's not like, oh, you like Westerns? Here's a Western. It's not a cookie-cutter Western at all. It's the actual opposite it, of a Western. It abjectly refuses to be to a be, Western. To be a Western, it yeah. just they're sitting on horses. So, I mean, I just saw last week there are two movies that are nominated for screenplay Oscars, Margin Call and Ides of March. They're both- I've never even heard of Margin Call. Exactly. So it's nominated for a screenplay Oscar right now, and it's worth checking out. It's it was it was shot for three million dollars. It has every Hollywood star you've ever heard of in it, from Zachary Quinto to to Kevin Spacey to there's five other stars in the thing. Uh, and it's about uh, and if you haven't checked this out, check it out. It's about uh, people in the, it's it's in a brokerage in a big brokerage and basically a fictionalized version of the people who realized the bubble was about to burst three years ago and said. If we're the first to sell and we sell right now, we'll destroy everyone else and we'll be okay. We will destroy the world's economy, but our company will survive this. And and then they proceed to like discuss whether they should do that or not. Oh, so that could be interesting. It well, it is interesting. I'm here to tell you. Um, is it like a Twelve Angry Men? Like that's the whole movie. Just yeah, like they're that's pretty much the movie. They're in a room having a that's meeting. Awesome. But it's a series of meetings. Cool. Uh, but it's got Paul Bettany's in it. Demi, that sounds like the Phantom Menace. Demi Moore is one of the men. Uh, yeah, it's the Phantom Menace, but it only cost three million dollars to make, and it's nominated for the an Oscar. The taxation of outlying hedge funds is in dispute. <laughs> exactly. Well, here's my point. Uh, I don't know jack about uh, high end trading. Um, I'm not a. I don't. I'm not a follower of the high end trader movie genre. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, what I like is is a bunch of characters in a situation that's highly morally ambiguous. That's what I liked about Margin Call, not because I love the margin, the margin call genre. Um, <laughs> Ides of March is about a presidential campaign, and it's very morally ambiguous as well. It's about what people, what that does to people. Um, not exactly a fan of the presidential campaign movie genre either, but I like the moral ambiguity of it. So I'm answering your question is, I'm drawn to this movie more because of it's a story about, wow, this is, feels like it's somehow a documentary because it just feels like yeah when people get together in a small town and try and survive together this is the kind of shit that happens and it's not glamorized in any way the fact that it's a western and at the same time is overturning every western trope that we like to tell ourselves is icing on the cake but it's not fundamentally about being a western that that's what the movie's about it's, it's not yeah. about the small town trying to save oh. itself from the banker who's about to foreclose yeah, it's like exactly. a couple whores got pissed off at some guys like unreasonably to an yeah, extent there's a big just, misunderstanding yeah. and these guys took it way out of proportion and then another guy it was, it was it was a big fucked up mess but but the book was actually kind of cool the book they wrote about it was actually pretty <laughs> interesting um that's really what the movie's about and it's again it's somewhere there's a sociological experiment to be done to find out why we, even me, I, you know, and I never was a huge, like, I love Westerns, bring me a John Wayne movie. I, I, I don't have a dislike of them, but I never, like, sought them out. They were they were just there in the world. They were the <laughs> movies. When I was growing up, exactly. It was like, you either get doctor shows, lawyer shows, or Westerns. That's television. And one, one show called Star Trek. That's what you had. Um, it was a dark time. But uh, in my day, exactly. <laughs> but, we had to uh, walk both uphill both ways in the yeah, snow exactly. to get to our Star Trek. That and Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible is a pretty badass show. But the, the uh, you know, it's it's I am so I'm aware of Western tropes. I can't not be, but I'm not like a Western fan. Like I wish they would make more westerns. I'm I'm just as averse to a Western. Like whoa, really a Western? Um, as anyone else might be. But the westerns that do tend to get made nowadays are actually quite good because you referenced True Grit, which mm -hmm. is. It's a western, but so what? You know, it's a movie that you know found a, found a place for you. Um, I also I really recommend Three Ten to Yuma, the remake. I've said it many times. It's also got a little moral ambiguity going on. And if you want to see like Batman and it's Russell, it's Trey Candy, but Batman and Russell Crowe, you know, 
riding horses together. Uh, Batman direct- and a Gladiator. Yeah, directed uh, directed by an Oscar-winning director, and and well at that. And uh, an Alan Tudyk cameo. Then Run, Don't Walk to Three Ten to Yuma. It's quite fun. Um, Spielberg directed Three Ten to Yuma, didn't he? Nope, James Mangold. And uh, so already you know it's better. But you know, close. <laughs> <laughs> Did Spielberg do Iwo Jima? No, that's no, that's, that's Eastwood. Eastwood. Where did I hear that? I heard that one of those. I put those two movies in my head because I haven't seen either of them. And I saw Iwo Jima, and they both came out I think the same year, and they were both bleak and long. And I, I first, and then someone recently said one of those movies, and it lit up the part of my brain that has that category in it, was directed by Spielberg. But now I don't know which one I'm thinking of. Probably none of them. <laughs> Neither of them. <laughs> I'll go look through that on private. Or private Ryan. Maybe Private Ryan. No, or no, something no. That's, like that's it, yeah. way earlier. Hold bleak, on. bleak movie from Spielberg. Uh, it's like an oxymoron. Munich. Munich. No. Munich. Munich would be Munich. Munich was Munich I was, actually saw Munich. Munich was pretty bleak and ambiguous yeah. for Spielberg. That was shocking. Yeah. I, I thought that I was enjoyed Munich. quite something. Well, anyway, while you look, um, my my wrap-up is that, uh, yeah, I like I like morally ambiguous movies, not like all the time. I like a good black hat, white hat movie, too, <laughs> just like anyone else. Like, yay, go kill the bad guys. But um, I'm really impressed by you know Eastwood pulling this off, you know, taking taking the genre that he was most known for, Flipping it on its head, making an amazing movie that's you know beautifully crafted from start to finish. We also we need to reference the author, otherwise William Goldman will will throw rocks at us from wherever he is right now because it's like, yeah, Eastwood, 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 Eastwood. Also, the guy that thought up the story, yeah. he he contributed to the process um, somewhat significantly. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, David David Valdez, I believe it is, for, without looking. No, but David like Peoples. Peoples, Peoples think, David yeah. Webb Peoples. Yeah. Thank you very much. Valdez was a producer or whatever, but uh, yeah, David Webb Peoples who. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a it's a great thing. It's a great it's a great movie, and it's happens to I define it as a great movie that happens to be a western. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, um, it, it, the, thank you. The, Spielberg produced or was one of the producers of Iwo Jima, ah. which isn't meaningful because he's produced 150. But looking at his IMDb, <laughs> yeah. uh, two interesting things about Spielberg's IMDb: one, uh, when you load it. It has the current IMDb has it broken into sections of career and it auto opens one of them. It opens producer for Spielberg, not director. Second, I think producer is the one at the top. Well, yeah, though. exactly. The longer whatever's list, whatever's the longer, longest yeah. goes at the top. Now, uh, let's see if you can do this. Just shot in the dark. Guess how many films has Spielberg directed on a, on IMDb? Give me a number. I don't think it's in fifteen, twenty-five, fifty. Wow! Wow! Mm. What the fuck? Well, those aren't all necessarily films. He did some TV stuff yeah. as well, but. Yeah. Uh, like dual. Let me see how. Let me see how many dual TV things I can find. Well, anyway, let's yeah. anyway. Yeah. Wrap this anyway, up. Spielberg yeah. is another guy who also does <laughs> movies. In addition to Clint Eastwood. Anyway, so Warhorse. I was thinking of Callbacks. Yes. Anyway. Ugh, fuck cool. Warhorse. Well, this has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com/slash/downinfront and Facebook.com/slash/downinfrontshow. Also, like, rate and review us on iTunes. We forget to mention that, but please fucking do that because that's how people find us. Yeah, and the reviews on there right now are really mean. And they yeah, no, no, it's like that's really hurt my feelings. Yeah, because there's like you guys look at the reviews. Yeah, I don't think I've once looked at. Don't there's someone who's got someone wants to pull my pigtails. Clearly, there's there's one that like talks about me a lot. Someone's thinking about me. Like, first of all, our rating is like after like sixty or so starrings, we have a four and a half star out of five, which is great. Yeah, and we have like. 25 30 really good reviews and then like the recent couple i yeah. i think they get the they get the feeling like we are a big deal and they think they're just like fucking speaking truth to power about us <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're dudes with yeah, kind of shitty the headphones podcast. at a table just like you it's like yeah. reviewer <laughs> puke we're, you know <laughs> we're, we're gray hats and you're gray hats man that's yeah. right we all suck we're man. all just people <laughs> when you give a man a bad review you're taking away everything he's got well and he should have reviewed himself <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, gonna, yeah, please do review. I, yes, I like I like I like iGym's <laughs> chat revolt. Everybody review. Anyway, yeah, uh, go to the right. forum, subscribe, uh, register, and become part of the conversation. It's a fucking awesome forum, and it's getting better every single day as more people join in and, and start showing the shit they make and we talk about movies, and it's cool stuff, and it's a lot of smart people, and I ban the trolls. Come now. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, let's see. Well, fucking buy our shirts. Give us money for pizza. There's a PayPal button on the front page. Uh, the live shows, the live chats. Thank you, fucking Seth. Uh, downinfront.net slash live. The forum and Twitter will tell you when, where, and what movies. Most of the time, not this week. Occasionally accurately. Today I got this wrong because we moved the date and I had to play piano for everyone for an hour. Fuck. Um, anyway, but the live shows happen at downinfront.net slash live. Don't forget, by the way, remember, on March 10th, we have a giant Lord of the Rings party thingy happening. I will forget to remove this after March 10th, <laughs> and in the future, we were talking about 2012. I'm sorry, guys. Anyway, until next week, my name is T. Christie. Brian Fittemner. Mike Scott. And the Schofield kid. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Good night, good night. Good night's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> Trendsinyourhead.com.